Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnix. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. Can we just call this a football Friday? We usually do. Yeah, there's a lot of football this weekend. I think we usually call it a football Friday. Well, we do during, you know, like the high school season when we're at a stadium. Well, it's a football Friday. Could be a different F word kind of Friday because that's kind of how it's been. It's been a <laughs> nutty Friday. If I haven't called you back, I'm sorry. It's been meeting after meeting after meeting after the hell time is it? Two o'clock? Let's go to work. Man, it comes up quick, doesn't it? Yeah. Two o'clock. Yeah. It's here. Bam. And we've made it to Friday. Yes, we have. Almost drinking time. <laughs> almost. Although, well, about four hours from now. Well, four and a half. That's almost. Although somebody out way. there right now already has a cold beer. I know it. Somebody is getting a head start. And I hate that person. Why don't you wait for us? I'd wait for them. You would not. You, you would not. I might. You could ask. You, all right, so tomorrow, are you going to wait till I get done with work? Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, are you going to wait till Pledge gets done with work no, tomorrow? No, 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 no. Not at all. Nope. You guys got a long day tomorrow, so. We, we do, which means I probably won't have anything to drink tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. What do you mean? Whatever. What do you mean? I don't know that I will. I'm still uh, still kind of drying out from last weekend. Are you really? I really am, yeah. You know, I had a, a friend text me, says, hey, are you going to the Roo Pub on Saturday, or do you do dry January? <laughs> and literally I wrote back, dry what? <laughs> I know a lot of people are doing that, that dry January. You take January completely off. You know, I... My problem is, and, and I'm not the most, uh, I don't have the most willpower of anybody in the world. I can go, during the week's fine, no problem. Mm -hmm. You have the weekend, man, that's hard. It's hard not to have a few drinks on the weekend. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard not to have one during the week. Well, I mean, I get home and I pass a beer fridge on my way into the house. Sure. You know, there's a beer in there that says, man, you've had a day. Have a cold one, right? Well, I mean, you could have that excuse all the time. Well, I mean that too, but I, I, I mean, I am not a dry January type. I, I've heard of it. I know what it means. I, go for it, man. It, it's 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 like your New Year's resolution of I'm going to do everything I can to get in shape. Did you go for your walk today? No, it's cold outside. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was just me, right? Um, it, it's you know a weekend and you know 
Like like today, Pledge went and I think he bought Chick-fil-A for the entire staff, right? Well, he, he texted me and I didn't get his text in time. So yeah. But I had already eaten. So it was well, good. Yeah, I, no, I appreciate it, Pledge. No, well, we had a, a meeting at the station at 11. So I got here for that. And then, then I had another meeting at 12. And and then we've got these two games tomorrow. So there was a meeting with that and then a phone call. And you're like, all right, Pledge, you're going for lunch. Yeah, I'm going to Chick-fil-A. And then I come come out of a meeting and everybody's got Chick-fil-A. And most have, like I got the nuggets. And then I saw a salad. And I thought, well, there's somebody that's trying to stick to it in January. They got a salad. Who had a salad? Laura. Oh, well. Laura. Now, Laura, if there's anybody in this station that could stick to it, Laura. Well, of course. She could do it. Of course. But see, that's what I, I like, New Year's resolutions. Um, I don't make them. I don't either. Well, I, I used to make them, and then I stopped because it was. It lasts it, about a week. Uh, if that, I used to literally just so I could be true to a New Year's resolution. When I was doing morning radio, I, I, you know, we always, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? I'd literally light up a cigarette, take a drag, and say, I'm quitting smoking for the year. And because and, I know I could stick to that. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. I, d- d- I mean, bad you move. Give, I got to yeah. give you credit. I, I mean, give me, uh, you want a resolution I can stick with? There you go. I got to give you credit. Although, lighting it up and, and taking a puff is like, bleh. Well, I, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Until, Until next, next year. January. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's what it was. I don't have that kind of willpower. See, it depends. Some things I do, some things I don't. And when it comes to the, when it comes to alcohol, man, the weekends are tough because you're, 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 you've got nothing to do all day. And it's like, well, even if I've got things to do, they involve a beer. Well, typically. And, and, yes. and, and I like that. It, it's, it would be, you know, it's like my wife and I, um, you know, it's like, well, you need to snack better. All right. I'll snack better. Give me some better snacks. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> You know, I think about, you know, the the bag of Snickers and the bag of Twix and the leftover Christmas candy. I still haven't gone through some of the Halloween candy. And, like, what am I going to take? Too many candy bars or go get grapes? I'm taking the candy bars because they're right there. I don't know. I like grapes. So I could do sure. that. I'm, I'm, I'm a grape guy. Now just pick at them. So I, I, that, that's I don't cool. mind grapes. But if I've got a candy bar uh-huh. option... And, well, I'm, and, and I've, and I've got to walk past the candy bars to get to the fridge to get the grapes... I'm I'm stopping at the candy bars. All right, Joanna, if you're listening, put the candy bars away. Why would you do that to me? Because put them away, throw them out, do something. In throw fact, I'll, I'll come over today and pick them up. Oh, really? Yes, just for you. Just for you, Jason, because we care about your health. Because you want some candy bars. Well, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> your wife didn't buy the candy bars, <laughs> did she? No, but she bought the grapes. See? That's weird that your your wife puts them in the refrigerator because mine will put them in a in a colander, right, and uh-huh. rinse them off and and yeah. and leave them right there on the like the the so, counter. So you eat warm grapes? Yeah, they're they're yeah they're fine. Do grapes go in the fridge or are they good just laying I, on the I counter? Think, I think you could do either way. I've always put them in the fridge. It's kind of like ketchup, right? You could put it in the refrigerator. You leave it out. Mustard's the same way. Yeah, I always thought mustard goes in the fridge. Well, I put it in the fridge, but I'm just saying you don't it have li- to. it literally says on the bottle, refrigerate after opening. No, it, it does <laughs> I not. Think, I no. think it does. Now, mayonnaise it does. Oh, yeah, of course, but mayonnaise is not mustard. Now, mustard is not. And and don't make me throw beer bet out at you because that's not true. I'm a big mustard guy, and I know. And you've read you, every label on there? You don't have to put mustard in the refrigerator. 
before or after opening. Either way. I mean, if our if our YouTube specialist was on his game, he would find mustard jars right now to see if they say refrigerate after opening. I, and I, I hope he does. because. And, and do you really want to be like... Uh, now, what does it say? What does what say? Well, I've got you, something here. You were mid-thought and you got distracted. Squirrel! I, well, exactly, because Squirrel! i got stuff coming up here on the, on, the, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And it says, mustard. <laughs> Best practice is to store it in the fridge. Hmm. Refrigerated mustard will last up to a year after opening, according to the USDA. Now, dried mustard powder is another story. But it, what it, the hell is dried mustard powder? Powder. Well, you use it in cooking. Ah, uh, but you don't have to put it in there. Is what I'm saying. It's not a requirement. Well, I do, but it's not a requirement. All right. So, on our YouTube channel right now, is that on the YouTube yet, or is that getting that's there? That's not yet. There. I, I can't read that. What does that say? Pledge says. Refrigerate after opening. Oh, beer bet! No, it doesn't. It literally says it right there. Well, you can't read that. Well, but you can, Mr. Parkhurst. I it doesn't say that. It, it does. It pledge says it, literally it says, says shake well before using to yes. open, unscrew the cap, peel off inner freshness seal for best <laughs> flavor. Refrigerate after opening. For best flavor. Refrigerate after that opening. That means it's going to go bad if you don't. No, it's just for best flavor. You don't have to do it. I, I think literally, I said it says it on the label. You said it doesn't. Beer bet. I've won another 12-pack. No, 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 no. You said it was a, ne a necessity. It is. Like, no, it's not. It, it really says is. for best flavor. Well. I always put the mustard in the refrigerator, but I'm saying you don't have to. Uh, but you do. The USDA recommends no, it. For best flavor. Well, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you want half-ass flavor on your mustard? I, this is why I put mine in the refrigerator. I'm just saying but if you, you choose uh, not but to, you don't have to. it's literally on the label, refrigerate after opening. For best flavor. Uh, but are the words refrigerate after opening on that label? Yes. For, for best flavor. No, no. Did I not say Did I say that? Oh, there, of course it's always for best flavor. There is a caveat to Look, everything. It's a label telling you how to unscrew the top, right? <laughs> it's kind of like buckling your seatbelt on an airplane. <laughs> right? It's like, wow. Uh, you know, some people have to listen to those rules. I feel, you know, I feel bad for the flight attendants when they have to do that. They should knock that off. Why? Well, it's like, hey, if you don't know how to do your seatbelt, raise your hand and we'll come and show you. Um, but what else would they do at the beginning of the flight? Well, they could just keep going with the life vest and the well, oxygen do, mask. Do you not know and, how to do that? Well, I mean, it depends on where I'm flying, whether I'm paying attention or not. If I'm flying from here to Vegas, I'm not really worried about a life vest. All right, so you're flying from here to Mexico over the ocean. Are you really now, paying attention to the life vest? I, I don't know if I want a life vest if I'm going to crash in the ocean. I, I mean, you're going swimming regardless. Well, exactly. And, and, at, and at some point, you know where the life vest is. You know the deal's going to pop out of the plane. I don't know why they don't show you that video um, by the gate area. Yeah, that's a great idea. That way, the flight attendants can start, uh, you know, serving drinks earlier. Well, see, if they didn't do that stuff, then then they're just servers. See, well, true. I, 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 you know, so to be the flight attendant, you have to memorize and maximize the uh, pre-flight announcements. And I always wonder if they did that at the gate area, would we hit reverse on that plane two minutes sooner? 
That's it. Well, they usually do it after it starts moving. No, they do it before it starts moving. Well, typically, the plane's I, moving. I mean, look, the plane isn't moving if you haven't put your seatbelt on, sir. <laughs> Most people have put their seatbelt on. I mean, that's, what, yeah, that's the yeah, whole point. Yeah, yeah, you ever wonder why? You know, when this happened to, to, to Rob and Rudy uh, last year going to Philadelphia, their plane was late. They land. Their plane is there, but the door is closed. And they wouldn't let them on the plane. You know why they wouldn't let them on the plane? Because they were going to miss those damn announcements because they were already underway. And you can't interrupt the teacher. I find it fascinating, too, now. And I, th- I think they just started this. And maybe I just haven't been paying attention. But it's like the once you land and you're driving up to the gate, they said, check around. Make sure you got your wallet, your phone, all that stuff. Because once you leave the plane, you cannot come back on. Yeah. If I forgot my phone. I want to go get back on. Well, you can't. I know, but have you heard that before? Well, of course. I, it, for how long? For how long have I been hearing that? Yeah. Well, I mean. Like yesterday? I've been flying for a long time. Man. No, I get that. So have I, but I've never heard that. Have you ever? Really? It's because you don't pay attention. You know why? Because as soon as the brakes hit, Joe is the first one up. Damn right I am. Nowhere to go, but he is the first one standing in the aisle. I like to stretch the legs. Yeah, yeah you're bang. You're at attention. I don't like to stand sit, there. I don't like because if I don't stand there, somebody else will, and uh-huh. I got to stand there. And they're brushing up against your arm. And yeah, it's yeah. like, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess you're being called Parsons over there. Andy Rodriguez says, "Someone tell Parsons, aka Reinagel." I can't see Stop the comments. Stop making excuses and own up to the bet. I can't see the thing because I got a poll. That's staring at me. Literally look right in the screen in front of you. It's on the screen oh, in front of you. Is Micah making... You know how he always makes excuses? He does. Yeah. All the time. Yes. Dude, Andy, And apparently he, we've got a uh, do you refrigerate mustard poll up. Yes, we do. And that's why I can't see anything. The answer is yes. Well, I do. Although there are some people that don't. Apparently. I mean, you know, apparently you're the only one that voted no. How do you know I voted no? Because everybody else puts mustard in their refrigerator. I put mustard in the refrigerator. I just said you don't have to. It's on the label. For best flavor. It's it's on the label. There's a caveat. Well, everything is for the best flavor. Well, not necessarily. There's some things you shouldn't put. You, like, you shouldn't put ketchup in the fr- refrigerator. For best flavor, you do. Well, I don't think so. I mean, you, I mean otherwise, you might get some moldy extras on there. Do you know you don't have to put butter in the refrigerator? You don't have to, but it's better if you do. Well, okay, that's all I'm saying. And and that's the point I'm making, Minix, and I'm glad you came around. You don't have to. It's better if you do. I mean, there's a... I do, yes, but, but you but don't have but to. But it's on the label, refrigerate after opening. For best flavor. And not to kill you. For best flavor. Because <laughs> otherwise it'll kill you. No. Well, no. It, could, it could ruin Perfectly your day. fine. It could ruin your next day. It maybe. I mean, it really could. It could. It, it could. Because they know if they just left it up to you, a guy like you, refrigerate after opening, ah, I don't necessarily know that I need to do that. But if we add the words for best flavor, obviously that's going to make the difference. You're not worried about getting sick. You want the best flavor. Well, of course They you do. know how to reach their consumers. Well, uh, who is that ketchup maker? French's? <laughs> That they That's want, the mustard. They want you to, you know, enjoy your experience. Yes. With your ham sandwich or a hot dog or whatever the hell you're putting mustard on. Yeah. You know, you don't have to put milk in the fridge. 
You don't I mean, have to put anything in there. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean. Right? I mean. You don't have to. But milk will go bad. So mustard will not. Your mustard will go it bad. It will not. It will go bad. Well, eventually it will. Uh, <laughs> it, it, well, it will everything. not. You or keep it eventually fri- it will. Well, you keep it in the refrigerator. It's going to last a year. That, they just said that. Yeah, they did. So is it six months out of the refrigerator? I, I mean. I want you to go test, I, I, and then let us know the results. You know, I think you this know is when a Joe great... can't come to work because of a mustard explosion, we'll know that's the time frame. <laughs> I've, I've had those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want details. Woo. It is the Blitz here on ninety four one at San Antonio Sports Star. The Spurs played an incredible game last night. Damn, that was a lot of fun. They lost, but it was still a lot of fun. We'll dive into that next here on the Blitz on ninety four one. San Antonio Sports Star. I can't see the thing because I got a pole that's staring at me. Uh huh. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. <laughs> can't see past the pole. I'm can't Jason Minnick. It is the Blitz. It's Friday. TGIF. Yes. I don't know why is it that it's it's been a short week, but it feels like a long one. It's just a, is it just a holiday thing or what? <laughs> yes, Mr. Innuendo. <laughs> you know, see, the, the problem is Pledge is going to take that with what you just said, uh-huh. with what you said a few minutes ago, and he's going to combine that into one long sentence. Like the long one? With a poll. Yeah. You can't see past the poll because... That's, that's how Pledge is entertained, so that's okay. It really is. He yeah. is easily entertained. He's, he's entertained that way, so that's good. We want to keep him happy. Do Just we? saying, it's been, well, <laughs> sometimes. I mean, you keep letting a guy play with your pole, man. <laughs> can't do that. I, I don't think Pledge is playing with my pole or anybody's. <laughs> you don't think? I don't think so. You don't think? Well, he spends half his life doing that. <laughs> Manipulating words. Yes. That's what James Pledger does. That's what he does. He's good at it. Man, I tell you what. Last night last night was as fun of a Spurs game as I have watched in I don't know how long. And again, I go back to, you know, because we remember them so fondly because they're so few. All the wins they have had this year. Um, Phoenix, big comeback, right? I, I mean, it, Last night, from the beginning to halftime, third quarter, they actually won a third quarter. How about that? Till the very end. That was as good of a basketball game as the Spurs have played all year. Oh, there's no question about it. Now, those games in Phoenix were pretty good, and, and they came out with wins. But it, like, it, was, it was entertaining. The effort was there. Uh, you know, the, the players finally looked like they knew what the hell they were doing. And, 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 and as a team... I mean, I know they know what they're doing, but as a team, and and it was fun to watch, and and uh, I, I think anybody that saw that game and watched it can feel otherwise. It, and it's sad though that we're we're reaching for things like that, but you got to hope that maybe that's a precursor, maybe that's a starting point to the Spurs starting to get this thing. You know, the idea that you had. Trey Jones as their starting point guard. How about that? And the offense looked as good as it has all year long. Now, they still can't shoot a three 
well, they can shoot a lot of threes. They can't make a three <laughs> to save their life as, as a basketball team. But there was a flow to the offense. There was a determination. There, I mean, and look, Trey Jones, he'd be a good backup point guard mm-hmm. on most teams. But he's still the best point guard available for the San Antonio Spurs. And he gets his first start last night, finishes with 18 points, has six assists. But there was a, a nice flow, a nice rhythm to the offense throughout the game. 48 minutes, it was good. And I, I know, depending on what Twitter you're watching, um, you see different people. Oh, Wemby's afraid of the, the, the final shot. He passed it off to Trey Jones. I thought he showed very unselfish basketball by giving it up to a guy who had a wide-open three. It was the better shot. Uh, Trey Jones missed it. Otherwise, they go to overtime and lose. I, I just look at the idea of of what we saw last night. I'm glad you finally picked up yeah. on that. But um, and, and then, you know, Shaq and them in the postgame. Well, you know, uh, the jelly legs, Milwaukee playing the second night of a back-to-back. I don't. All of that might be true. What I saw from my Spurs was a competitive basketball game where they looked like they knew what they were doing with highlights in a fun game. I know they lost. I was mad about that, but I was happy with what I saw because if I can see that kind of effort from that group night in and night out, they're going to win a bunch of damn games. They are? Yes. (laughs) Okay, well, I don't want to take it that far, but it was nice to see the effort. It was. And I think uh, Wimby took playing Giannis serious. I think he took the challenge serious, and, and he was great. I mean, he really was good last night. I mean, this guy was was sensational. And I think playing against Giannis upped his game. And I hope he gets that against every superstar he goes against. Today was, uh, there was a satisfying point to me. Uh, you know, we really had our rhythm at some point. And uh, I mean, just the fact that we can compete with a, a championship level team like this, it's, it's promising. And it's also the first thing Pop told us coming back to the locker room. And we had some moments some uh <clears throat> you know some moments in the game where everything seemed to 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 work out and uh i could also feel the crowd believing in us you know and uh getting going so it's some of this was satisfying tonight it it was fantastic it was good now Giannis is is the guy's incredible i mean he he is just simply incredible uh, but the fact that the Spurs were in that game and had an opportunity to win it is it, it was an impressive night it, a fun it, game to watch it was fun wemby doing some incredible things. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel right now, that play he just had was um, uh, incredible. You know, the steal behind the back and then the dunk was, was just stupid. Um, My favorite was he, he passed it to himself off the back yeah. early in the game. And, I mean, that was that was cool. It was, well, it was, it, well, you know, the improvised, I, uh, what do you do in the moment? Uh-oh, uh, I'll just pass it to myself. Well, I, he was I mean, about to travel, yeah. so he just throws it off the backboard. And it was the smart basketball Absolutely. play. Absolutely, uh, His basketball IQ blocking uh, Giannis. Yeah. Um, and, look, he still needs to add some strength, right? Mm-hmm. But he showed a toughness against Giannis that we haven't seen. That's And, yeah. and, and I think a big part accurate. of that is yes. because we have not seen him against a player like Giannis. And so... Uh, to see him go head to head, toe to toe, that that was impressive. I mean, there are bright years ahead for San Antonio. You know, um, he, he still only played twenty six minutes. Yeah, when the hell does this minutes restriction wear off? You know, I mean, he needs, I mean, to, honestly, he needs to talk to his dad and and convince him that uh, you know I can stay out after midnight. Uh, can I get twelve thirty? 
because, um, I mean, when you look at the numbers, I mean, you know, Giannis last night played 39 minutes and had 44 points. Mm-hmm. You know, Wemby plays 26 and has 27 points. Um, it, and that, that was impressive. And quite honestly, he went over the restriction a little bit, but I think Pop said the hell with the restriction. We got a chance to win this game. I'm not pulling you because Doc said 24. Um, so he played two minutes extra. Well, but again, though, down the stretch, when he hit that restriction number, if Pop would have stuck to it, then Wemby's watching the end of that game, and they lose by double digits. I did, I think if it, if Pop would have pulled Wemby at that point in time in that ball game, the crowd might have rushed the court. Well, they they might have, but but again, though, I I did see the the potential there that. Pop wanted to win that game, so be damned with the with the minutes restriction. And 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 you could, you know, towards the end when you're lucky. I saw Jeff McDonald tweeted, "Well, there's three more minutes." Uh, there's <laughs> and and you know, and I don't know what they were talking about, obviously. And my goodness, it was great having Kevin Harlan on the call for that oh, game last yes. night. I mean, that that was that was poetry in motion. But there was a a point where we were getting close to the restrictions and. You could see the training staff and Pop, uh, they, they, were, they were talking on the TV, and who knows about what, but obviously Pop let them go over the restriction minutes because Pop wanted to win that game. Now, after the game, Pop was, well, typical Pop in his post-game press conference. It was so, so short that we can play you the entire post-game media session with Spurs head coach Greg Popovich. Great game. I couldn't be more proud of the group. We did a lot of great things, and uh, a lot of people played well. Uh, unless you got the question that makes sense, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> what else can you say there? Oh, come on, Mikey. <laughs> what? What did you want on that, on that last play down What I wanted was a... A different call on the last play where Giannis got a three-point play. But sometimes the calls go for you, sometimes they go against you, and you got to live with it. But that was a tough one to get that call at the very end of the game when our guys were right there. So, uh, you know, you, you live with it and you move on. That's the way it is. Did you like how Victor at Oh, I just loved it. 19. I loved it. it was, I loved everything about all of them. There's nothing I didn't love about any of them. That answers all the questions, right? Have a good night. See you at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the last part there. See you at the bar. And and I don't know who said, are we invited? Um, Sounded like Jeff McDonald. But I I don't don't know. And the answer is no. Um, Not a fan of what Pop did there. He didn't even sit down. You had the best game your team has played all year. Legit questions, positive storylines, positive stories that are going to come from that. And he dismisses everybody. I mean, that's typical pop. He's been doing that for years. The Spurs play a bad game. He's more apt to answer questions. They play a good one. It's just, you know, like like he was there. I mean, that's that's pretty typical of Greg Popovich. Um, you know, I, why he does that, I have no idea. He just he's, oh, he's been doing it for years. Although he was having fun with the in-game interviews, you know, headbutted the one reporter. Yeah, had had some fun with it. I I, I don't. I just not a not a fan of the that that post-game press conference. Um, 
especially after a game like that. It, it would have been nice to get some good, genuine answers. And quite frankly, I want to know about, did you see what Trey Jones did as your starting point guard? <laughs> that was good, right? Well, the, the question I want to ask is uh, th- this minutes restriction. And, I mean, is it because of the ankle? Or is he worried about wearing Wimby out? I mean, that's a question it, I want to answer. It's been about the ankle since he turned it. Then he then he stepped on the ball kid, and he's okay. been on a restriction since then. When does it get lifted? When do we go from twenty four to twenty seven? I mean, clearly, and you know, maybe Pop was trying to avoid. Uh, you went over the restrictions. Are you going to get put in timeout by the team, Doc? I, I don't know. I mean, this kid should be playing thirty five games, uh, thirty five minutes a game. Easy. I mean, at least Giannis played forty last night I'm on saying. the second night of a back to back. That's what I'm saying. I, and, and I don't, I, I don't understand. What are they worried about? What are they worried about? I mean, obviously, I mean, the kid can play. He looked watching the game last night. Looked like there was nothing wrong with him at all. There's not. I mean, he was He's running fine. the floor, making moves, doing everything. Else. I, I don't understand what the restriction is. Let the kid play. I mean, that's what the the fans are there for. They wanted to see Giannis against Wimby and let him play. I, I don't understand, and that's the question I would like to ask. Is When's this damn thing going to be lifted? All I know is the fans there last night, those watching on TV, you got your money's worth. Sure. For, for the first time this year at the Frost Bank Center, the people in the building got their money's worth out of a Spurs game. Yep, they did. It is the Blitz here on 94-1 at San Antonio Sports Star Cowboys. They got Washington this week. Ooh. A lot on the line against their hated rival. We'll talk about it as we continue on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Online at sasportstar.com. Make sure you go to sasportstar.com and get signed up for the new year, new cash in 2024. Your chance at winning $2,024. It is that easy. Sign up at sasportstar.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryanagel. I'm Jason Minix. Last week of the NFL regular season, make sure you get to sasportstar.com for the A-Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Weekly winners, you get that $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the year, the grand prize winner, $1,000 worth of tickets to A-Awesome Tickets, from A-Awesome Tickets. And, and I'll tell you what. There is a guy right now, I think he's three or four ahead of everybody. Oh, yeah? But there is a group, you know, with every game this weekend, it's still anybody's. Uh, it, it's up for grabs. And some interesting games this week. I mean, I think unpredictable ball games, too. So it ought to be fun. That could uh, fluctuate tremendously by the end of uh, Sunday. You know, you, you look at some of the games, um, and obviously – Texans-Colts is essentially a playoff game. Yes, it is. And that game, Saturday night, seven fifteen. <coughs> Ledge will start watching at halftime. <laughs> if he's lucky. If he's lucky. <laughs> Poor Pledge. We'll see. If he's lucky. <laughs> you may come into work for you, Pledge? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll take care of it, Pledge. No, I need a quality producer. Let's see, by 7 well, o'clock, I'll be... Uh, Feeling no pain, it'd be great. By seven fifteen, you won't have a quality producer. Exactly. But you'll be able to watch. I'm just trying to help you out, Pledge. Do I need to go to the bench and bring in Edwin? Maybe. <laughs> you know, by seven o'clock. Um, it's the biggest game in the history of the franchise since twenty-four nothing. 
I mean, I think you need to be focused. In fact, before I leave today, did you get a new TV over there? I've had it. Oh. How come we don't have a new TV in here? Our TV died over the holidays. Our, yeah. Mine died a while back. I, I don't know what the hell Rudy did with that thing, but uh, but it's been dead. So, um... It you, took about a month, so all right, well, if I'm we're gonna, doing I, baselines. I'm, I'm going to take that with me tonight, so I know that you are completely focused on the two All-Star games. It's connected to the board. You can't. I can. <laughs> You'd be surprised what I can do. You can't mess up. I this. don't know how to do anything on that side of the glass, thank God, uh, but, uh, but I can unplug stuff. And then good luck to you trying to figure out where it actually plugs well, into. Well, I mean, if the board's dead for tomorrow, that... Just freeze up my day. No, I'm just going <laughs> to unplug your TV. But the TV's connected to the board. Yeah, but I'm, I mean. Let him do it, Pledge. There you go. You have a day off. No. <laughs> uh, and we got the All-American Bowl at noon and then the San Antonio Sports All-Star Game presented by Valero at 5. Thir- at five. And by 7.15 when the Texans kick off. Uh, it'd, it'd be halftime. It'd be half. Well, it should be second half by then. You think so? Second half by then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rudy and Danny might be in more control at that point because I've, I've got to get to the dome tomorrow at nine. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Rudy and uh, and Danny have any control at all. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All star games are a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I got a uh, a depth chart today from my. My friends at the All-Star Game. Uh-huh. So I've got a lot of homework to do tonight. Nothing like getting a depth chart with no numbers for the players. <laughs> well, you can just guess. <laughs> and in black and white? Well, it's it's in black for, for uh, uh, Team Black and for Team Gold. There, there's a little gold at the top. And, you know, um, the problem with these All-Star Games is, you know, like I know who 95% of these kids are, Right. And I know them, you know, give me their school, uh, I'll tell you their jersey number. That's that's easy. Getting in the All-Star game, and that's not necessarily the case. And then I can't even look at, all right, you know, uh, Landon Gill is in. He's the Madison quarterback. Cool. Ex- because they, they change out all their helmet stickers. So, their, yeah. you know, their helmets look like a NASCAR. Uh-huh. And so I can't even look and say, well, okay, that's the Madison helmet. That's so-and-so. Uh, that's, that's the kid from Steel, or that's the kid from, you know, South Sand, I, I because their helmets don't look at all the same. And then I'm I'm looking at the roster. There are three number fives on the gold roster. Three number fives. You poor thing. Jeez, I it's, feel so sorry for you. I'll be ready. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just got homework to do tonight. <laughs> and, and two of them are the exact same size, the number fives. So like, what do you mean the exact same size? Hang on, let me find the roster. I'll tell. I'll, oh, size and weight. Okay, yes, I got yeah. you. I got you. Know, they're both six three. <clears throat> so you so, can't say one dude's a, a fat guy and one guy's a skinny guy. Well, they're wearing jersey number five. So nobody, no, no fat guys wearing number five. Well, you never know. Um, let's see. Uh, Jesse Cardenas is five eight one sixty. All right, cool. Uh, Jeremiah Conway also wearing a uh, number five. He's six three, but so is uh, Thomas Sakias. Uh, he's wearing a number five. So. And they're both 6'3". Wow. Yeah. I may tune in just for that show. <laughs> See, I'll be fine. Rudy and Closa, they're screwed. <laughs> well, do we really expect anything out of those guys? That's why they have the job. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> high expectations. Just like we have high expectations for the Cowboys on Sunday. The question for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. You've got everything riding on this game. 
NFC East Championship two-seed home playoff games. By definition, I don't give a damn that it's against Washington and they suck. By definition, this is a big game. There is a lot sure. on the line. It's on the road, in grass. Weather is going to suck. Will they show up? Yeah, I think they will. I, you know, I really do because I, I know there's guys. We talked about this yesterday that are going to play for bonuses and all of that stuff. I get that, but Washington just sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Francisco handled them, and San Francisco didn't play that well. Okay, uh, and so I think the Cowboys, if they, if all the things that they're saying about how focused they are and all this stuff, they should lay the wood to Washington. Well, see, but again, though, they're they're human beings, right? No, they. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. All right. So, what if they're all nonchalant like you? Well, you know, Washington sucks. Arr, 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 well, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, as Dak Prescott said, this game is more about focus. I mean, it's just about focusing. Um, we understand what the, the magnitude of this game is and what it means. Um, as I just said, right, winning the division, having the home field. But uh, the last thing you do is is focus on that when, when the whistle blows or any time after that. That national anthem, honestly. Um, You've got to understand where you are and make that be the fuel to your preparation uh, all throughout the week, which has already started. And as we honestly wrap things up over these over this next day or so, um, and then just really define how we want to attack these guys and the plan that we're going into this. Um, therefore, you just go out there and play the game that, that we know we can play um, on the road, which would be important, um, and, and just taking a bunch of confidence into this uh, playoff game out of this game. Uh, they're going to win this game. I mean, come on. I mean, unless it's just a folly and, and Dak starts throwing it all over the place to somebody else, they're fortunate they don't play on Saturday. I'm looking at the weather forecast for Washington, D.C. Okay, Bill Taylor. Freezing rain on Saturday. Okay. Sunday, partly cloudy skies, only an 8% chance of rain and a high of 48. So you're saying there's a chance. It's it's beach weather well, in D.C. Uh, you, you might say that, but even Jerry Jones knows. You've got to fight against the human nature of saying Washington sucks. This is an easy win. Well, I've, I've absolutely, if I were ever going to bet, uh, not on the game. We're not talking about a, in that sense. Uh-huh. This is an <laughs> yeah, of course not, Jerry. <laughs> in general. But I will tell you right now, uh, this team will be focused on every first down. It'll be focused on the execution of every play uh, at all positions uh, this week. Uh, I can't imagine any more focus on this game than any playoff game or, for that matter, championship game we've got ahead of us. I really mean that. Uh, everybody here realizes uh, the importance of uh, uh, getting a chance to have these playoffs and play a big part of them right here at our own stadium. We know what that means uh, to the big picture. No single thing could be more important to us, in my mind, than to put us in a spot to – uh, play these games coming up, these next playoff games at, the, at their own stadium. Now why, why, do I... why, why do I get the feeling that if Jason Garrett were still the head coach, every player would have walked in on Tuesday and a T-shirt with the word focus would have been across the front of it? That's not a bad idea. I mean, it does sound like Jerry Jones heard a Mike McCarthy speech in a team meeting about focusing on every first down, focusing on every position out there. The, the only thing, if I were Mike McCarthy, I would have the – Tape of the Arizona game running constantly throughout the star, just over and over, just loop that thing the entire time and have it just looped. And, and no matter where, anywhere there's a monitor in the star in Dallas, that, that video would be looped 
this entire week. The the idea with the Cowboys on the road, grass, all of that, blue jerseys. I mean, you you name it, right? I don't care that it's Washington and they suck. With everything on the line, if they're not focused, then what the hell are they, right? And again, you know, I don't need a T-shirt. I don't need a a pep talk. All these guys know what's on on the line. And if they are going to be a true championship caliber team, you've got to go in there and take care of business. You know, watching the TNT postgame show last night, Shaq, who forgot that he had his jersey retired at Cole High School, was mad at Milwaukee, did not want to give credit to the Spurs for playing good basketball. Shaq said, hey, you know, this Milwaukee team lost to Indiana last night. They come in here and they let a bad Spurs team hang around. If you want to be a true championship team, you can't have games like this. If the Cowboys were a true championship caliber team and their path with a win at Washington is pretty clear to at least the NFC championship game, as clear as it's been in a long time, you can't mess around with Washington on Sunday. You got to go in there and you got to kick their ass and then get ready for the postseason. Well, see, I think what, what Shaq is trying to say, and I think it happens, it's the middle of the season for uh-huh. Milwaukee. Okay, now if this would have happened in April when they're battling for a, a playoff seed or whatever, okay, then you can maybe throw some shade at them a little bit. But I mean, look, Shaq's right. I mean, you come in here the, and, and, no excuses for Milwaukee, but I mean, they, they did play in Indiana last night or the night before they come in there and the Spurs were ready for them, but just because of who they are and the fact that the Spurs wanted to play well. So I think Washington will starting the game will be fired up. They'll be ready to go. It's the hated Dallas Cowboys. But if they fall down 14 points, it's like, man, I, you know, I got a reservation in Mexico. One, two, three, Cancun. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, that that's going to be the secret. The Cowboys need to get off to a fast start. Don't let them hang around and kick them in the butt early on. Cowboys and Commanders on Sunday kickoff 325. The pregame show starts at 2.30 here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Presented by AA Best Bail Bonds, Mother's Window Tent, Woods Comfort Systems, Ewall Kubota, and the law office of Jesse Hernandez. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. On this Friday afternoon, glad to have you along if you're listening on the radio. Or if you're listening on YouTube or sasportstar.com or wherever you're listening to, we appreciate it and hope you're having a great Friday afternoon. Absolutely. And uh, according to some of you people on uh, YouTube, you're already drinking. Really? Enjoy. Why would they do that to us? Dude, I've got no problem with it. I I, I have a problem with it. Of course you do. Um, It's your Friday. It's it's a day that ends in life. If you're having a cold beer and listening to us, whatever it is you're doing, I'm good with it. Now, how do you know they're drinking? Are they they saying they're drinking? Well, yeah. Some dude said he was over at Chili's watching on YouTube. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. 
What did does that mean he's drinking? He literally said that. Uh, I'm, go back through the uh, uh, manual. Says he's having an an adult <laughs> beverage at Chili's. So a- enjoy. Chili's is always a solid spot. It, it, I can't remember the last time I was in a Chili's. It's been a while. But you know what? I like him now because he agrees with me. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> All mustard is not refrigerated. Well, it, You're right. Buddy. You're right. Until it's opened. After it's opened, you put it in the refrigerator. I bet you there's mustard sitting on his table right there, opened, that has not been refrigerated. Well, you're, you're right. And I think some... <clears throat> I would imagine in the restaurant business, in a business where you go through a lot of mustard, mm-hmm. right, that you put it on the table and, you know, it ain't lasting three days, right? So there's no need to collect all that, put it in the fridge, and put it back out. For better flavor, it would be worth the effort. I mean, but for three days, I mean, the flavor's not going to disappear. But at your home, uh, it's probably best to refrigerate. In fact, the label says refrigerate after opening. For best flavor. Well, who wants subpar well, flavored sure, mustard? Make sure you get all of that in there. Because it's not, if I hear just refrigerate after opening, I'm like, I, man, I better do that. I have to do that. But if, if it just says for better flavor, now that's your choice. If you don't want better flavor, who doesn't want better flavor? Well, there might be somebody out there. And this is the United States of America. I mean, we have an option. Uh, I mean, well, you always have an option. Yes. You have lots of options. But who's going to choose something of lesser flavor? Well, a lot of people. Who? Who are a lot of people? Well, you mean if you, you want to name somebody? Hold on. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, 210-656-ESPN. 656-3776. <laughs> <laughs> if you prefer anything with a lesser flavor, I would like to have a conversation with you. And nobody's dialing the phones right now. They're collecting dust, those that agree with Joe. Well, you no, didn't even give out the phone number or balls. anything. Huh? You didn't give out the phone number, nothing, the Twitter handles. 210-656-3776. Uh-huh. If you prefer something with a lesser flavor. I'd kind of like to know who refrigerates their mustard and who doesn't. I refrigerate the mustard. I I do as well. I'm just saying, I you know all these people that don't you, you know don't make them feel bad. Well, why not? You're you're making them feel bad because well, they don't have to. Well, I mean, I see now. Rudy Campo says I have a bottle of mustard sitting out that I use for binder or for my barbecue. Cooking. There you go. You see that right? I, I, again. That's going to just get cooked out anyway. That is what you do with a lesser flavored mustard: is you use it in a way where you don't have to taste the damn stuff. I bet he puts that on a ham sandwich. He does not. Rudy, tell me you put that on a ham. He sandwich. literally says he uses this for his barbecue cooking. I'm for just his saying, ham sandwiches. Well, he probably uses mayonnaise, but he would use uh, the refrigerated. Nobody uses mayonnaise on a ham sandwich. I use mayonnaise on oh, a ham see, sandwich. Dude, you got a lot of issues. Oh. You mean yeah. I have issues? I'm gonna have to. Get, I could get, use mustard. I could use mayonnaise. Gonna, you, you know when uh, I when I'm getting it, when I'm making a ham sandwich, which is rare, by the way, which is rare. Um, a ham sandwich is rare for me to make. You know, now the other day I was at Subway and I got the Black Forest ham, and I go with mustard. Right, it, which is of course natural. Mayonnaise doesn't natural. go with ham. Yes, it does. No, it, it doesn't. It's fine. Rick, you like less flavored food? 
Absolutely. Come on, guys. Join me. <laughs> you like a McRib, too, don't you? Hey, what's that? You like the McRib, don't you? Oh, I, dude, I've never had a McRib, never will. But you gotta, you got to be with me here. We all like fish with less flavor. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Hey, Mike, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Yeah, you guys are talking about things with lesser flavor, or liking things with less flavor. Um, how about having adult time with your wife, a little less flavor? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where you... Am I missing something? <laughs> Very much so. So is he talking about... <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Let's do the headline blitz. <laughs> this is Jason and Joe's and yes, headline blitz. <laughs> Two guys... Two opinions, never enough time. So he just wants to get down to business and forget about all the other stuff. It, it, no. Am, am I missing something? You are. You are. Put those two calls together and think about it. Poor In Maggie. the meantime, let's talk about sliced bread. <laughs> you remember old sliced bread? The guy that got the ire of one Jimbo Fisher when he was the head coach at Texas A&M? Yes. Sliced bread might have changed college football. Well, that's what Jimbo says. Jimbo did his first interview today since he's been fired. And he's still talking about sliced bread. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The college football changed on a lot. I'm going to write a book on this one day. I'm, I'm going to write a book. And now, I wish I, when he wrote those numbers, I said, my God, where's it at? I wish that would have happened. Yeah. I really <laughs> had all that. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. The amount of NIL deals at A&M at that time in all sports combined, he said we are class of 35 million. There was less than a million. There's right at a million dollars for all sports combined. Yeah. Those, you know, that's why we, that's what upset me so much about it is that not that, all right, you can insinuate all those things have always been said, guys, Bob, but you were insinuating the, the families of it. And I, I, I'm telling you, that was as far from the truth as anything was ever out there. And, and the whole, here's, here's a big thing. All of the media went and ran with that story as truthful without ever checking it. And I'm talking about the big dogs. Well, I'm talking about all the people we regarded as highly re respected guys that college football changed on a lot. Well, I'm going to write a book about it one day. You don't need to check it. It's sliced bread. He's the, he's the most reliable source out there. Well, apparently. I mean, now the guy is, is famous. Now, if you don't remember, Sliced Bread reported that the Aggie recruiting class was upwards of $30 million that they paid for them. Yep. Uh, and so Jimbo's calling BS on that. He called BS on it at the very beginning when the story first came out, and he's doing it again. I, I look at – I'm glad to hear from Jimbo on Pardon My Take. Um, glad he has resurfaced with a massive buyout. Yeah, I miss Jimbo. Do you? Well, I like misses is that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and yeah. what else? Well, just the whole rant, the whole – you know, Jimbo talks fast. He's a fast talker. He is. Howdy. I mean, look, he's the only guy I know that can do a 20-minute radio interview in three. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, it, it's incredible. You appreciate guys like that. Yes. Um, you look at the reality is nobody really knows the true numbers of NIL and what these guys are getting. You get... Numbers that are thrown out there, they're reported anonymously, you know, like NFL contracts, man, they post them. NBA yeah. contracts, they're posted. Mm -hmm. And 
which is I always find somewhat interesting because they're all privately held companies. It's not like they they are publicly traded companies that have to post uh, an earnings uh, statement. It's not a government where, you know, like like, you know, there is a database that lists every city employee or school district employee and what they're all. I mean, none of that is available for college football. It's just all reported numbers. Good, bad, or, you know, either coaches or collectives or agents or, or players that, you know, I'm getting a million dollars. Well, that's only uh, 100000 But it uh, sounds better to put a million on there when I typed it out on Twitter. You know, I see, you know, pictures of Caleb Williams in a beautiful downtown Los Angeles penthouse with an incredible view, right? I mean, somebody's paying for that. I know he's making a lot of money. Um did you see those photos the other day from his penthouse? No. I mean, he's going to the NFL and probably for a pay cut. Well, I kid, but, you maybe. know. Maybe. I, I mean, it's it, 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 it's incredible. So, I mean, when you hear numbers for somebody like that, you go, well, all right. I mean, I mean, you know, Reggie Bush is still pissed because, you know, he lost his Heisman. Yeah, they should give know, it back to him, o- by Over the something way. else. I mean, look at the uh, pledge just pulled it up. Uh, it's not on our YouTube yet, but it probably will be soon, but. You know, the, the penthouse views for Caleb Williams, and and you look at it, yeah, clearly that guy's making a fortune or somebody is paying the rent on his place to live. Well, he, here's what you're going to find, though. Just that penthouse and the amount of money that Caleb Williams is making, if, say, the Chicago Bears draft Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. and Caleb says, you know, I really don't want to go to Chicago. I'm going to go back to school and make money there and then reenter the draft next year. You'll go, you're going to be surprised how many college football players are going to do that. Now, it's, it's been done. John Elway did that. Eli Manning didn't want to go to where, where he was drafted. I think it was San Diego at the time. Um, and you're going to see that. I guarantee you you're going to see that And and until they get this thing ironed out and fixed. And I think that's when you might see the well, NFL jump in and say, hey, we got to get this fixed because it's now you're messing with us. The, the idea, though... Caleb Williams is going to be a <coughs> first-round pick, right? Uh, if he wants to go. Well, why wouldn't he go? I, mean, well, I don't know. Why didn't he, John Elway go? Why I, didn't Eli Manning go? I, I mean, but I, I look at, like, Caleb Williams, couple million dollars to play another year at USC, or... 890000 Well, he's not going to be Mr. Irrelevant. He's going to have <laughs> $20 million on a on a five-year contract. I'm just saying, if he doesn't want to play in Chicago, he has the option to stay in school. And still make money. Right. So, And I think that's what's going to happen. And then re-enter the draft next year. So, I mean, it's where it's it's not about the, the money anymore. It's about where they want to play. Uh, the projected contract for the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft is about $41 million. Okay. Signing bonus of $27. i would take that over. It's not bad. Four million in a penthouse in Los Angeles Even to if go it was live in, in Chicago. Chicago, I'd live in Chicago. Yeah, I'd live in Chicago. I don't know. Well, and you got to wonder with the way Justin Fields has been playing, what are the Bears going to do? They're not going to keep Justin Fields. I mean, they're not going to keep Justin Fields. Man, I hope he ends up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Why in Pittsburgh? I think he'd be a good fit there. You do? I do. I mean, he's going to play somewhere. I, I mean, would imagine, I mean that, sure. that, that's the crazy idea of all the dollars right now in the NFL is, you know, Justin Fields still has, what, two years left on his rookie deal. Um, 
he's a bargain at five, six million or whatever it is he's making right now on that rookie deal because he had the big signing bonus versus a Daniel Jones who's making forty, right? I, I mean the the quarterback money is is ridiculous when you look at it that way. And the Bears have a decision to make. Do they look at Justin Fields and say, Are you going are we gonna give you another contract that's gonna pay you forty, forty five, fifty, sixty, whatever the going rate is for quarterbacks? Would you? No. No, I wouldn't either. But somebody will. Well, somebody will. But I Somebody don't think will it, because that's the going rate for quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to be the Chicago Bears. That's all I'm saying. I don't think he stays in Chicago. Um, you know, sometimes the, 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 the odor, and I'm, I'm sure Justin Fields smells great. I'm just saying in a hyperbole sense. You know, the guys that drafted him originally, the guys that are coaching him up, they're not there anymore. I mean, look at Trey Lance. Great example. And a lot of them. Sam Darnold. There's a lot of, of quarterbacks that are floating around right now as backups that were thought to be the next, mm-hmm. and they haven't turned out to be that. Yet some of them still get paid. Well, true. Daniel Jones is a, is a perfect example of that. Justin Herbert's another example of that. Now, that, that could be coaching in a way, but now, what has that guy done? I seem to recall you sitting on a balcony in Oxnard, California. Uh-huh. Talking about how Justin Herbert is the guy, and you would take him over Dak every day of the week. And and I would now. If you put Justin Herbert in that Cowboys system, I think he'd be pretty damn good. Well, I mean, they did with Kellen Moore, and look how it turned out oh, for please, him. Kellen it is Moore. the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Monday on r r in the morning, we break down Cowboys versus Commanders. And also at 7.30, as always, on Monday after a Cowboys game, we'll be joined by NFL ESPN insider Todd Archer. And we get you ready for Washington versus Michigan. Now back to the Blitz. Jason, rest your mouth. You got a long day tomorrow, buddy. About eight, nine, what, ten hours of radio to do? Get ready. A little bit more than that. <laughs> Rest your mouth, Phoenix. Should I take the rest of the day off? Sure. I'm out. Start my Friday (laughs) early. You got the All-American Bowl tomorrow at noon that you can listen to here on 94.1 or if you're driving around out, you know, hour and a half out of town. It'll be on Sirius XM Channel 85, the NBC Sports Audio Channel. Uh, Then at 5 o'clock, we've got the San Antonio All-Star Game presented by Valero. Nice. Big day of football in the Dome. Yep. Good. It'll be fun. Yeah, always is, right? And I tell you what, you think about through the years of broadcasting the All-American Bowl, the number of players that that are stars in the NFL now, you know, not just number one overall picks and Heisman winners and, you know, and, and... Spending time with them, getting me, you know, and obviously I'm partial. I try to get to know some of the Longhorn guys and, you know, pay attention to that and, you know, who's who's going where. But some of these names, you know, you hear about them so much from recruiting just to 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 see them at the hotel. In fact, uh, 24-7 sports, they have what they call the all-lobby team. You know, like when these guys walk in, yeah, that dude looks like a player. He's on the all-lobby team. And, and then what they're doing <laughs> – you know, out at the different practices, and and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. But I mean, you go to this game, and next year you're going to see those guys starring in college, and and if not next year, in two years, and then on to the NFL. And 
honestly, sometimes I, I think about some of them, like they come in as the guy and you never hear from them again. <laughs> That's, that, I can see that. A little bit of both. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's, it's like a big college star going to the NFL and you just don't realize the big jump. It's like a big basketball star named Victor Wimbanyama, yeah, who is a sensation, comes to the NBA and and struggles a bit. Although he didn't struggle last night, in every game he shows something. Sure, um, but last night's Spurs game was the first time this season that I think, as a Spurs fan, and if you know, if you guys want to weigh in on this. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Last night was really the the first time that you went, I can't wait till this group gets it together. Because last night was so much fun. It wasn't, you know, they had some wins early. And that win against Phoenix when they had the big comeback and all that kind of stuff. And then they blew, they blow big leads. And But, I mean, you saw 48 minutes of quality basketball, the effort from the Spurs, the the incredible plays, the holy crap, did Wemby just do that? Vassell was on fire last night. Trey Jones, we started him for the first time, and look what happened. Um, last night was a lot of fun to watch. Last night, Spurs fans, is what's giving you hope, not just hoping because you've got Wemby that they will get it together and be good. Last night, we saw the hope. No, it was great. It was the best effort of the season overall from the entire team for 48 minutes. I, it makes me wonder for uh, why is taking this long for everybody, the players, pop, all of them, to come together. Secondly, this group is probably not going to be the same group next year. It's probably going to look completely different than it looks now. So, you know, I I don't know who's going to be here, who's not. Wimby's going to be here. Other than that, De- Devin Vassell's going to be here. Uh, other than everybody that, else can leave. Yeah, other than that, I, you don't know. I mean, not everybody's going to leave, but I no, mean, it's but, go, it's going to be a different team. I I would hope. I, I I just I just look at it, and we we talked about this a lot in the off season. You know, after the Spurs secured the number one pick and won the lottery, what were they going to do? Were they going to immediately jumpstart the rebuild and mm-hmm. make a lot of trades and bring in veteran pieces or add in Wemby and see what he really needs as an NBA player. And what he really needs is a point guard, a, a good point guard that will look for him. Um, there was a play last night, and I saw a bunch of people tweeting angrily about it, that Blake Wesley driving the lane had Wemby trailing wide open and doesn't even look for him. Then you could go back to every game this season and see that same highlight. Exactly. I mean, no matter who it is, whether it's Wesley or Sohan or or whomever. I mean, that's happened so many times. Which is uh, uh, stupid to think that that's even happening. How do you not look for that guy? It's, it is, and it, w- what's dumb about it is, and and where I where I get frustrated is who is that on? Who is that on? And and if look, if if I'm in a film room, and maybe this is happening. If I'm in the film room after a game and I'm seeing that as a, as the head coach of that basketball team, I'm playing it over and over and over again. I'm, I'm going, well, what do you not see here? What what What's the problem? You're taking two guys on to get to the basket and missing when you got a seven-foot-four guy trailing you with nobody on him. It's mind-blowing. It, it is mind-blowing. It, 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 it is mind-blowing. But I know that... 
Trey Jones started last night. Now, I wanted Trey Jones to be the starting point guard from the beginning of the year and have Keldon coming off the bench. Uh, that, that's what I said back then. Pop disagreed. He, he thought Jeremy would be a better point guard. Um, not that I know anything, right? But last And Trey Jones on most NBA teams would be a solid backup, not a starter. But of the point guards available to the San Antonio Spurs, Trey Jones is your best option, not Jeremy. And Trey Jones got the start last night, played 35 minutes at 18 points, had uh, six assists. But it also felt like his teammates responded to Trey Jones driving. Listen to Devin Vassell after the game talking about Trey Jones starting that basketball game. Man, it's huge. Um, Trey... Trey brings a different energy. Uh, you know, when he when we when we're on transition, he's always looking up and just trying to find others. Um, I mean, he knows when and where to get where when and where to find you. Um, just a true point guard, and uh, the energy he brings on both ends of the court is, is huge for us. And I knew, I mean, I already knew he was gonna have a good game. So, uh, you know, shout out Trey, and if he sees us, keep it set up because that's a good shot. All right, now, now that was uh, Devin Vassell talking with Jeff Garcia one on one from Locked On Spurs. And I don't know, if Pledge, if you've got the ability to stop and start that. Um, because if you just dissect everything that he said, what Devin Vassell said, I think you could easily say this is what was not happening with other players playing the point position. Man, it's huge. Um, Trey, Trey brings a different energy. Uh, you know, when, he, when, we, when we're on transition, he's always looking up and oh, just trying oh, to find oh, others. Oh, stop right there. Always looking up. What, what's, he, what's he doing? Looking for looking for his teammates. Sure, that's he, what a point guard does. He wants to get them involved. Yes. Not, not, not keep the ball and just drive and uh-huh. leave open guys, you know, standing there saying, hey, I, I'm open over here. I keep going with uh, Vassell on that, D- dissecting what a point guard is. Transition, he's always looking up and just trying to find others. Um, I mean, he knows when and where to get, where, when and where to find you. Um, just a true point guard, and uh, the energy he brings on both ends of the court is, is huge for us. And uh, I mean, I mean, think I about that. Know. When and where, how to find people. Use the term true point guard. And, we, is, and yes. we haven't used them all year. Well, I, if you've got an answer to that, let me know. Because everybody that I know, every Spurs fan that I know, has been calling for the Spurs to use a point guard, and that's what they need, and that's what they're lacking. Maybe Pop saw something in Sohan in training camp that thought maybe he could transform him into a distributor, into a guy that can get, that can play point guard and be that guy. And maybe, just maybe he's realizing he can't be that guy. And finally is is making the necessary adjustments. And, I mean, it, look, even Pop's not perfect. No, I, it, and, and I'm with you. Uh, and I know historically the Spurs look at things in 20-game increments. And so if they're going to experiment with something, they do it for about 20 games because that gives you a true test. I think we knew after 10 games, maybe five, uh, certainly at 15, certainly at 20. Um that 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 was the, the the situation there. I I I just look at that and and I don't know that Devin Vassell meant for me to take what he said there as an indictment on the coaching staff. What how else can and you his take teammates? It? But I, well, I don't know if Devin meant like well, I'm going to say this because it's all true. But man, this certainly makes my coach look bad because. He used the term true point guard and described what point guards do. And what did Trey Jones do last night? All of everything that Devin Vassell did, and that is what has been missing for 30 games. 
That's exactly what's been made. And you you have to wonder where would this team be had the had the situation been been changed. I, I mean, they I, might have eleven wins. But I think I think coaches sometimes overthink the process. And again, it's very difficult to criticize a guy that has the the record that Greg Popovich does. However, I, I think you you overthink and you're too cautious because I look at I look at the Spurs and and Wimby and they've got him in bubble wrap, like it, we've got to protect this guy. We've got to put him on a shelf and protect him. Don't want him to get nicked up. Don't want him. Don't want anything bad to happen. And, and I'm not sure why. The guy looks like. He has no issues with anything. He looks, he's got all, obviously all the moves, all the talent. He's learning the NBA game. But why do you have him in bubble wrap? I, I don't understand. And, I, and I, I'll never understand it. No, I, and I'm with you there. Um, and yeah, I, I like Jeremy as a player. Pop didn't do him any good service with this move, maybe stunted his growth while trying to develop him at a different position. He, he was in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, I'm not blaming Jeremy from a player perspective because he was playing out of position, um, and it didn't work. It, it, it didn't work. Um, but at the same time, what we saw last night is so encouraging for the rest of the season. Can they bottle that up? Because if they play like that, they will get a lot more wins. You know, are they going to get over 30? Probably not. Not not at this point. You know, for all of us that took the over, uh, kiss that money goodbye, man. It ain't coming back. But, um, and yeah, Joe's actually going to win a beer bet in, in mid-April because the Spurs aren't getting the over, right? No, they're not. But but at the at the same time, last night was one of those games where if you've been looking for growth, if you've been looking for some positives, even though they lost the game. Man, that game was a lot of fun to watch, and you could see what this team could be. And what? that's that's where it sucks to say that on January 5th, that's where we're at. It, it, I want to see what, what they do in Cleveland. What do they look like there? Then they've got Detroit after that. And that's like the Cowboys playing the, the Redskins, right, this uh-huh. week. Because you're like, they need to go over there and kick their ass. They do. Okay, but... It, what are they going to look like? I want to see some a little more consistency because I think this is the first game of this season that the Spurs have played basketball with solid effort for 48 minutes. Can they continue that to do that? Look, they're going to make mistakes. They're 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 going to they're going to struggle. I get that, but can they put some of these games together? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Two one zero six five six ESPN six five six three seven at seven six. You bring up that team that plays football sort of in Washington. Let's talk about the Cowboys and Commanders next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Friday afternoon. Ready for the weekend. Absolutely. Been a long week, man. It has. That's what I'm saying. For a four-day week, it seems like it's been an eight-day week. Yeah, it really has, and it has for James Pledger. He's done so many doubles already this week. Well, you know, he's young. Is he? Well, not really. And <laughs> <laughs> a week like this will age the man. Yes, it will. And then he's got uh, the biggest game in his team's life. 
well, maybe not life, but in a long time, tomorrow night that he can't watch. Well, he won't be able to watch all of it. Not as intently as he would be, because he, he will be working tomorrow. Because, uh-huh. I mean, I think about it, it's Friday. I, I've got, you know, one of my longer days of the year tomorrow. Oh. Oh. We all get to the Alamo Dome about 9 o'clock. Well, that's that's too bad, Jason. And go sit in the press box, eat good food. Well, See, watch a football game. We'll see if there's good food. I mean, generally they provide a box lunch. Oh, but um, in I don't know who makes the sandwiches, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but but the crazy thing is, the first game kicks off at noon, uh-huh. right? Yeah, they bring the sandwiches at noon. Well, right when you're on the air. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. No. So well, you, can they, you take a lunch box with you? Yeah, well, I generally do pack a pack right. a lunch. Yeah, make sure I got enough waters to make it through the day. Uh huh. Go through that. Have a sandwich at three fifteen after the first game. In between the second. Well, I mean, you could go get a Frito pie. Well, you gotta keep the tradition. I, I, sure. Although, I, you know, I did a Frito pie yesterday. You weren't real happy with it. It would have been. It was the worst Frito pie of the year. It made me miss the Frito pie at Hero Stadium. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, the 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 chili at the Freeman Coliseum is uh, not recommended. the The cheese was good. the The Fritos were good, but the uh, chili was uh, not. <laughs> the hot dog was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You should have gone hot dog. Well, I should have, but you know, I I uh, succumbed to peer pressure. You did. That's what the people wanted, and, you know, you're a man of the people. I always deliver. Right, you're a man uh, of the, the people. The Frito pie does not. Yes. No, it doesn't. Although, <laughs> I mean, part of the problem is you're having a Frito pie at an RV show and not at a football game. I mean, if a football game would have broken out, it might have been better. Maybe. Maybe you don't pay attention so much to the taste because of the atmosphere that you're in. No, you pay attention to taste. But I also I think part of it, too, is, you know, the... the uh, um, by the time I got the Frito pie during our commercial break, uh-huh. cause you go over there and you got to wait and, and then, you know, then you wait and, and then they take your order and then you wait and, and then they give it to you. And, and then, and then we've got to start the show. And so it sat for like 10 minutes before I even got to start it. Chips get a little soggy. <coughs> yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, those ladies weren't in a big hurry over there. They were just, yeah, they, I'm sure they're very nice people, but they I mean, were just like. Mm. I mean, there were three of them moving at the speed of none. And none, and, and, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't expecting a rush. No. And they were in no rush. They weren't. It's like, you want it, we'll get it when we're ready. Yep. It was all good. Hot dog was great, though. I'm, I'm, I'm too bad you didn't go hot dog. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm good. But the other part though, I don't know tomorrow, like after the first game ends, you know, and then, you, you know, you get a little bit of a break, although there's a break in action, not really a break for us. So we get a, a short break, but then you're down on the field, getting your interviews and everything ready for, for the second game. So, uh, and I don't know if they close down the concession stands and give those people a break before the next game starts. Of course not. You think they just work so them the whole a, time? It's a line change. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It works. Sure. We'll make well, you got Rudy J. Why couldn't Rudy J. go down on the field and get your interviews? It's a great question. He could do that. I mean, actually, no. No? Rudy's afraid to talk to coaches. 
Really? He really is. Why? It's a great question for Rudy J. What's he going to do with Danny Close in the booth with him? Oh, that's different. I mean, he he knows Danny. Right. I mean, but if you notice all year, you know, the pregame interviews I do, I'm like, hey, Rudy, you want to do this one? No. Yeah, you, you, yeah no. I don't know what to ask him. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> oh, Rudy, Rudy. Rudy's a pro. He knows what to ask him. He just doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> He'll walk around on the field and take 86 Instagram pictures. Of course. And put up a video or three. Rudy's pretty good with the socials. But talking to the coaches? No. Not happening. Not happening. You boys have fun. He did talk to the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys today. As he does every Friday, Mike McCarthy joins Rob and Rudy on R&R in the Morning, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. And, you know, as the Cowboys get ready to take on Washington, on Sunday in, in a big game, you know, Mike McCarthy, full of coach speak, he expects Washington to bring their best effort. Oh, no, they'll play. I mean, you just, you just go back to last year. I mean, yeah, in, yeah. You know, Ron, Ron has a lot of pride, um, you know, I've, I've known Ron a long time. So, yeah, by no, you know, this, we're, we're going down there and we're treating this like a division road game. Uh, we notice it's going to, you know, be a juggernaut. And, and frankly, and I hope it is. And, because uh, it's, you know, once again, it's another, great opportunity to to get battle tested for the playoffs and and more importantly we need to go get a road win there's a lot that comes out of winning on the road as as we know mike wants to go get a road win (laughs) in more ways than one in more ways than one good for him does his wife go on the trip with him (laughs) maybe that's why he wants to go get a road win i mean you can't let that hotel room go to waste (laughs) Uh, that was funny uh, I don't know that Robin Rudy picked up on that uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning. the absolute glory hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, look, he's got to say that, and he's got to convince his team of that. Ron Rivera is coaching his final game in Washington. I think that's pretty much a given. So maybe he does go all out. I mean, what, what does Ron Rivera have to lose? I mean, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm I'm designing the most bizarre plays that I can think of right now. Are you the trick plays? Everything. I'm I'm pulling out my bag of tricks. I'm doing everything that I can possibly do uh, to try and and confuse the Cowboys a little bit. Because why not? I mean, you got nothing to lose. You're probably going to be fired on Monday. Probably. Most likely. I mean, I think he, they, they brought the boxes to his office today. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised and told him that the moving truck is going to show up at 8 a.m. Which means he doesn't have time to design anything cool. I, I don't know. I mean, it, clearly he knows. We all seem to know he's not long for that job in Washington. Likely his last game. But as as I've been talking about, um, one of the things about this final game, whether it's Washington, Dallas, or any of the other teams that are playing, there are a lot of guys that have bonuses on the line. Sure. Contract incentives. So there's a lot of money. Robin Rudy did ask Mike McCarthy if he's aware and pays attention to what those financial incentives are. Um, I'm, I'm only aware of it if it's brought to my attention. I mean, it's not something that I jump on a computer. And, Who know, brings it to your attention, at. Coach? Do you have a guy assigned to that? Or is it, you know, them knocking on your door and like, hey, Coach, three catches, you know, four no, catches? It, yeah, it's more, yeah, it, that's something that would more come from the you know, the other side of the building, no, no question. But, uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm definitely in tune with the, you know, with the basics or, the, you know, the common sense things. Like it's, 
I feel it's important uh, for us to get Tony, you know, Tony Pollard the thousand yards, and you know, he needs sixty-five, so you know, he'll clearly have opportunities for that. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm in tune with those things, and um, and I think that's important. I think you you need to give your players those opportunities. And Tony Pollard will get those opportunities. That's enlightening right there because I'll be honest with you, I haven't been paying attention to Tony uh, Pollard's stats. I have. He was on my fantasy team. 65 yards to 1,000. Yeah. Now, a 1,000 is not exactly the thing it used to be when you're playing 25 million games in a season. Or 17. There's one more than there was when 1,000 was. It, it's still a big well, deal. But when, you, you, when it was only 14 games, I mean, 1,000 yards old was something. are you? I'm just saying. Who, that was rem- a big deal. who remembers the 14 game seasons? I do. You don't? No. Oh, baloney. Seriously. Dude, of course you do. I, I mean, I know it was there. I don't remember those years. Well, you weren't paying attention. But also, no I, kids get I also remember <laughs> that teams ran the ball a lot more then, over 14 games to get to 1,000 yards. Well, that's like a receiver now. You know, what's 1,000 yards is nothing. Uh, yeah, it's nothing. I mean, really, nothing. as much as they I mean, Tyreek's going to try to get to two thousand. Exactly. You see that, and we're going to see uh, what Dalvin Cook get his sixteen hundred tomorrow Sunday. When do they play? Nineteen seventy seven is when they went from fourteen to sixteen. There you go. I was three. Wasn't okay. born. You weren't paying attention. You weren't paying attention. Not at three. I was. Well, you weren't three. Well, I was paying attention <laughs> at three. <laughs> you were not. I've been doing this my whole life, Minix. Uh huh. I mean, your dad was a bookie, but even at three, you didn't know <laughs> fourteen games or not. <laughs> when did they move seventy seven? That literally, we so just I, said that. I was in high school. Yeah. There you go. One born yet. I wasn't even in kindergarten yet. Well, that's great. I'm just saying that was, you know, football was impressive back then. (laughs) It's impressive now. (laughs) It is. It's just a different game. 1977. (laughs) You know, there were people alive in 1927. Oh, there were. You going to laugh at them, too? No, I'm not laughing at them. I'm just, you know, you're, you're bringing up the 14 game. And I couldn't remember when because, you know, that just proves that, you know, since I've been, you know, aware and following football like I like I have since, I don't know, I was probably 8 or 10, it's always been a 16-game schedule. So but- I'm actually surprised, honestly, that it was 77, that, that it went from 14 to 16 during my lifetime. So you thought it was even before I that? I did. No, it, it, I knew it wasn't. Well, I mean, but your lifetime has been a lot longer than mine. Well, it has been, but I'm saying, and I've been watching football a lot longer than you, obviously, too. Well, so because you're know, older, it's the history of the game. It is. Well, then I'm I'm all about the history. Can you tell me uh, who won the Super Bowl in 1977? No, I couldn't tell you that. Can you? It was the Dallas Cowboys that oh, beat well, the Denver Broncos in Super fantastic. Bowl 12? That's great. Why would I remember that? <laughs> Why wouldn't you remember that? You're going to tell me about the history of the game. I'm not a Cowboy fan. That doesn't matter. So, so do you know who won it the next year? Uh, that would have been Super Bowl thirteen, Pittsburgh. Or the Raiders. It was the Raiders. You sure? Well, it just literally popped Positive. on yeah. the screen. Yeah. Positive. 
Well, you are because you got that nice little Google box there. You have a Google box as well. Oh, I do, but you know, I thought this was a I thought this was a trivia contest. It was. All of a sudden, it was, and it would it would have just been an educated guess at that point to go Steelers. <laughs> exactly. So the point is, you, the only reason you know that is because it was the Cowboys. It's the only reason. Sure. Had the Houston Oilers ever won anything, <laughs> I would have known that. Uh huh. But since they never have. I have nothing to remember. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He is Joe Reinagel on Twitter, at Joe Reinagel 210. Happy to meet you. You can tweet at me, at Jason Menix. You can always be a part of the show, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minutes. Howdy. Howdy. <clears throat> Happy Friday. Say it is Friday. Howdy. 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 I like Jimbo's howdy. 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 Well, I'll tell you what, Mike Elko's howdy seems to be working pretty damn good. Howdy. I don't know. He's, he's, I bet you it will evolve. I mean, as he uh, as he remains in in uh, Aggie land. Well, there. I don't know. I mean, because he was coming home. Remember, he was one of us. Uh, is what the Aggies were telling us when he when he was hired. Although uh, he had a hell of a day yesterday in the portal. Um, as they start to to build out that that Aggie football roster for for Mike Elko, he he's off to a good start. So his howdies must be working with the recruits in the portal. <laughs> howdy, howdy! I have a hundred thousand. Howdy, howdy! I have fifty thousand. Howdy, howdy! Did that get you hung up on? Oh, 50 grand. Yeah, got to be six figures now, huh? Uh, uh, or seven? It's, it's probably about right. Um. Yeah, I, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see where all these players land when we start hearing fake numbers, real numbers, what, whatever they might be. Uh, and it's interesting because you look at college football, and you know we'll have a national championship ground on Monday night. Michigan and um, uh, Washington are playing in that game. They are? Texas isn't there? You know they're not. Oh wow! Texas is back, folks. <laughs> yeah, man. But the game is in Texas, so close enough. Okay, yeah. right. They're back in Texas. Yeah, for for the Natty. It, it will be interesting to see how college football changes over the next six to eight months, or maybe not even five months. You know, meetings that are going to be happening this weekend. Um, what those meetings lead to, will there be a change in portal rules, uh, portal dates, uh, signing day? It, it's going to be be very, very interesting. There has to be. I mean, I, I don't see how we go into the playoffs in college football as we, as we go into 12 teams, and as soon as the playoffs begin, the portal opens. 
I mean, it just makes no sense. They've got to figure that out, and and they've just got a few short months to do that. Um, well, look, I'm a, if you if you want to have a portal, I get that. Do it, but why don't do that in February? Go back to the old system, right? You the the portal opens in February, National Signing Day, or whatever the case may be, and just have it then, and it's over. That's it. You you transfer from Michigan to Alabama. You're staying at Alabama until next February. You know, it, well, see, the problem with the February and in talking to a variety of people in and around college football, conversations that I have had when you're looking at the calendar, the nothing really fits that's good for everybody to make it work. Like you, you say February. That makes that makes a ton of sense because that goes old school, the old National mm-hmm. Signing Day, and you go from there. Well, they moved it to December because now so many of these these athletes graduate high school early in yep. December and they start school in, in January. So if they're going to be on campus to go through an off-season in spring football, you can't do it in February because school has already started. So that doesn't work. So do you go middle of January? Does National Signing Day, say the national championship game is on Monday the 8th, right? And and do you do it that Wednesday or that Friday? Um, because most schools will start that second week of January with semesters. But getting getting players in, and it, it, there is so much more to it that, that we don't often consider. But people that, that I've talked to, it's like, dorm and housing and you know all those different things with players moving they if they sign they've got to go there are a ton of kids that are in san antonio right now that are playing in the all-american bowl tomorrow and they will leave san antonio and go directly to the school in which they are going to play for sure right? but that's two different things when you're talking about high school players signing yes and going to a school and the transfer portal well two but, different things well but again the transfer portal you can't wait till february because if i'm enrolled in classes and you know say trey moore who's leaving utsa to go to ut in austin mm-hmm. right he can't hit the portal in february and transfer in February to UT Austin. Well, then what are you going to do? you got to do something. Because I guarantee you they're going to be players, if their team's in the playoffs or not, that are going to hit the portal and not be available for their teams in the playoffs because they want to get out of there. They want to move and and do something else. So it's going to water down the entire playoff system. I, I We, we kind of think, and I say we, I think the general college football populace is – Teams that have teams that are in the playoffs aren't going to have a bunch of guys getting out of uh, uh, hitting the portal because they've got a chance to to go play for a national championship. Now I say that Malik Murphy hit the portal, but that's a guy that knew he wasn't ever going to be the starting quarterback at Texas, so I, I'm out. But if that's great, if you're the one, two, three, or four seed, that's probably the case. But everybody else, if you're the twelfth seed in the playoffs. How you as a coach, you're going to convince your guys that want to leave that we got a shot at a national championship? I, I mean, uh, that's kind of the idea. I mean, it's not. I, I mean, I mean, I far fetched. I mean, I'm a, with th- you. That's a that's a perfect world. That's a that's a. I mean, you look at all Wizard of Oz kind look, of thing. Look at all the guys, including the quarterback whose helmet didn't look like it fit from Liberty, who played Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, half of that Liberty team, it feels like, has hit the portal yeah. after after their big bowl game experience 
Um, it, it, but when you look at, at dates, if you wait till after the season, it has to be done prior to the start of when the spring semester starts at most universities. Well, then there's got to be some exceptions made. There has to be because it's, it's, you cannot have a bunch of kids transferring in the middle of the playoffs. And, and I'm, you know, call me old school, get off your lawn or whatever. But I say, if you hit that portal, go see ya. Well, and a Bye. lot, of, and, a, and a lot of coaches go with that rule, except for they still haven't have to have enough guys to I be able to it. go play in a bowl game. But so that's why it has to change. Well, it, it has to, and, and you know, can, can athletics, can college football, the revenue generator that is college football force colleges to delay the start of spring semester because that is one of the bigger holdups and nobody really talks about that because you don't know all we talk about is football and what what makes sense Mm -hmm. for football but when you start talking with people that look at all the issues that they have to figure out and why is the calendar so screwed up right now because to play in college football you have to be enrolled in campus you have to be enrolled in the school you have to be accepted and all the financial aid stuff, all that paperwork, all that has to get taken care of. You can't go to spring ball if you're not enrolled. And so if you're a high school kid, they came up with the uh, mid-December signing period so those kids can graduate early and go to their university and they're there. The portal, you're facing the same kind of issue. If if I'm leaving the University of Minix and I'm going to go to the University of Rhinegal, uh, I I've got to do all of that before classes start at at Ryan Eagle U, right? I, I can't join after classes already start. Well, somebody better figure something out. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, I mean, because... But, but those are some of the issues that they have to look at. Well, have the portal in the summer. How about that? Transfer portal opens up as soon as that spring semester is over in June. Then if you want to get out, go. You know, I'm, I, and, and again, that's... That's not a bad idea. And and, and is there a, a window during the season, you know, mid-October? Um, and I know colleges do it differently, but you think about, like, report cards in high school, you know. Who's going to be eligible after the first six weeks? Mm-hmm. If you're not happy, are you going to hit the portal in mid-October and at that point forfeit whatever NIL money you might have and then sit out? Maybe go to school, go to class, but you're no longer a part of that team. Uh, I know I, and, and that's been talked about. I don't know how serious or at what level, but that way a coach knows going into bowl season, planning their off season, who they know they've got, because some of these coaches get blindsided at the last moment where they think a guy's going to be there, and then all of a sudden um, this guy's gone. And a lot of times that happens because – well, that school lost somebody, so now they've called your kid, and 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 now that kid's interested. You're flirting with him, and all right, boom, and he's gone. It, it and and so if you go kind of mid year, I'm going to lose you anyway. I'll, I'd rather lose you now, and and there's a penalty to that kid. You're going to give up on this team middle of the year. Um, maybe you do it that way. Look, I mean, somebody a lot smarter than me has got to come up with the answers. But I I would say, look, uh, get to a point where. It's a two-year process. It's a two-year commitment, unless your coach leaves. If your coach leaves, okay, I'm okay for you to leave. 
Make it a two-year commitment. And if I'm a booster and I'm paying a kid whatever I'm paying him, I want that commitment. Well, and now that there is, and you might be on to something a little bit more there, um, you know, because scholarships are year to year. Even though you hear so-and-so is getting a four-year full ride, they're really year to year. Mm -hmm. But with the NIL and the booster spending that money, do they become more contract-like? Like, you're coming here and you're accepting this money and you're getting the scholarship, almost like you're joining the service, you've got yourself a three-year commitment with a very short window of maybe getting out of it. Like, if you can't get through boot camp, all right, we're not going to force you to be here three years because we don't want to pay you anyway. I just think there's got to be something like that in place. A fix has got to happen. You can't just willy-nilly just you know run because the coach was mean to you one day. Well, and again, they've kind of limited the number of times you can hit the portal, but it's got to be more than that. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Trey, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, fellas? First of all, I think they should hold a portion of their NIL, NIL money until the season's over. Like, I don't think that they should they, – they, a portion of that should be held until their season is complete, and if they leave early, then they forfeit a portion of that. That's part one. Part two, every major university pretty much has an online class portal, I mean, or online classes, and they offer flex sessions, two, three, four flex sessions throughout the year. So to Joe's point, if someone didn't start it with the first flex session in January, they could start in February. There's several, there's hundreds of thousands of thousands of students that don't take that first flex session and enroll full time, you know, and don't start till February. And they knock those classes out in February and March or February and April. So they could still do it if an exception could be made. But I do agree it's watered down the process. And now we're going to see eight um, hideous bowl games or maybe, you know, seven out of those eight hideous bowl games that these kids are leaving. It's become a money game, and we get that, a money grab, and we know that. But we don't deserve to, to be watching, you know, exhibition football because that's really what it turned into. Yeah, bowl season, you know, appreciate it. Was uh, um, Well, some games are good, some games are awful. And uh, some game, some teams wanted to be there, some didn't give a damn. Right. And, and, and that's unfortunate because bowl season should be celebrated and guys yes. having fun. You know, like Just the Pop-Tart Bowl. Right? Was, absolutely. Um, and, and so – I mean, a lot of options um, and the flex scheduling, but the school calendar doesn't jive with the football calendar with bowl season and with the playoffs and everything else. So, and and that's kind of where it does start. I, I, I love Trey's idea, though, and I think that's good, but every booster at every college would have to agree to that. There would have to be some sort of uniform rule that says, look, yeah, I'm going to pay you $10,000, but I'm only going to give you five now, and then when you complete the season, I'll give you the rest of the five. But you got to be here, and you got to play in every game you know, that we have on the schedule. And, and I honestly don't know how the NIL start stuff works in that regard. Like, if I'm getting ten grand. Am I getting twenty five hundred a month over that that semester, or am I getting ten grand in August? Right. Um, I hope they're not giving an eighteen or nineteen year old ten grand in August because he won't have anything in October. Um, Very true. But I, I I I don't know how some of that works. But every booster would have to agree to it at every university because well, then that you could you could rig the system there. So well, they're only going to give you half. 
we'll give it to you all. It doesn't matter what you. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's it, the whole thing has got to be uniform, and that's the problem. It's not. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryanagle. I'm Jason Menix. Glad to have you along. Happy Friday. It is Friday. Thank goodness, right? Absolutely. It's been a long week, Menix. <laughs> I'm going to be chilling, watching a little football tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to be watching a little football tomorrow, but I, I, not necessarily chilling. Yeah, I mean, I have great seat in the Alamo Dome. Sure, that's not a bad thing to do. The All-American Bowl, you'll be able to listen to the game here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. So my suggestion would be, and I don't know if it's uh, if it's, there's, it would match up or not, but if you're at home, tune in the game at noon on NBC, mm-hmm. and then have the audio be 94-1. You could do that. You would it, could, would it, would it, you think it would match up? I, I mean, you might have to pause a little on the yeah. TV. I don't know who has a bigger delay. To, yeah, interesting. To, to, interesting. To, to be honest. I think it might depend on who you're, you're, whether you're streaming or it's a cable service. Sure. Too, so. I, I mean, and that, and that's such a, a big part of it. Um, That'd make you look big time though, Minix. You know, how I'll have you on the screen uh, and turn the sound down on the TV and have Minix call in the game and I'm watching, I'm going, I know that dude. Yeah. Except for when they do the cutaway of the guys in the booth, it won't be me or Cooper. You know, um, and, and you look at, because uh, I, I do get a lot of guys, a lot of dads that have, that, that tell me with all the local high school games that are televised, if we're doing the game on radio, uh-huh. they will turn that volume down and then nice. listen to us. Or nice. I, I've had two dads this year want highlights that they've taken the TV video of the kids play, but they want my radio call on their highlights, and they edit all that together. Nice. And so that's kind of cool. And and you could, you know, no offense to Don and Chuck, but you could also do the same thing for the uh, San Antonio All-Star Game presented by Valero, which will be at 5 o'clock. That game is televised on the CW, but on the radio here on 94.1. Very good. I think that's cool. Yep. And, yes, the NFL, Bubba, is on uh, AM 1250 tomorrow. Yes. Beginning at what? Three o'clock pledge? Three o'clock. With the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Over on uh, 1250. Are we going to have that game? We are. All right. Well, I'm looking at the schedule. We got Aggie basketball against Kentucky at 1230. So I guess football will start right after that. Right after that. It says 3 to 10. So we'll have both games. Yeah. Both the Ravens and Steelers and uh, the Texans. How about that? Colts over on. ESPN 1250. That's ESPN. a big one. What Playoff are we calling games. that? ESPN 1250? ESPN San Antonio 1250? Just ESPN 1250? San Antonio's ESPN 1250. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, now we got your sports fix. We've got you covered. As, no matter as, what you want to listen to tomorrow, you, you have the opportunity. Yep. That's what it boils down to. Cool. Spurs last night... I I don't want to overreact to one game, mm-hmm. but I'm going to overreact to one game. Are you overreacting to one game? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. With what we saw last night from the San Antonio Spurs, 
that was just incredible when you think about a solid 48 minutes, fun mm-hmm. basketball game. Spurs had a chance to tie the game at the end. They didn't. They lose the game, which sucks, right? But last night was as about as encouraging of a Spurs game that we have seen all year long. Best performance for 48 minutes that I've certainly seen all season long out of this current Spurs team. Everybody was, uh, the, the effort was there. Uh, I think what I was really impressed with, and, and I know it's hard to say you're impressed with Wimby with, with the things that he does, but I really think he took the challenge of going against Giannis last night seriously. He, want, he didn't get to play against him in Milwaukee. He wanted that opportunity, and I think he took it seriously just to, I mean, just for him to measure himself against one of the greatest players to play in the NBA uh, at this point in time. So uh, I was really impressed with the while he was not afraid, not timid, not shy to go up against Giannis. Uh, somebody I grew up watching and uh, one of the greatest players in the world, so it's always uh, extra motivation. And, and uh, I know, you know, I'm a competitor, so I'm, I'm, I want to go at everyone and be be the bad guy on the court you know so it's a, it was a great matchup yeah it was and 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 to me that impressed me and I think he took it I like the fact that as a rookie in the NBA in what 30 some odd games that we've we've played so far and that he's played um I, I really thought that he took that challenge seriously and uh, and and wanted to make a statement on our YouTube channel. The Rocky says, "Wish it was Wimby's birthday every day." <laughs> I don't know if it had as much to do as it was his birthday. Although he's older now, he's twenty. He um, is. He's mature. But but the idea that we talked a lot yesterday in the last couple of weeks, he's frustrated, right? He checked himself into the game in Memphis because yeah. he thought he could win. He's not supposed to do that, and no, he knows that, no. all, all that kind of stuff. But we know that kid wants to win. And even though they didn't, you know, he talked afterwards it was a satisfying game. And I think maybe because he finally saw it from his teammates. Today was uh, there was a satisfying point to me. Uh, you know, we really had our rhythm at some point. And, uh, I mean, just the fact that we can compete with a, a championship-level team like this, it's it's promising, and it's also the first thing Pop told us coming back to the locker room. And we had some moments, some uh, <clears throat> you know, some moments in the game where everything seemed to to, to work out. And uh, I could also feel the crowd believing in us, you know, and uh, getting going. So it's some of this was satisfying tonight. And you know, this crowd, this San Antonio Spurs crowd, will do that if they see. And that's why everybody's so excited today. I mean, Spurs Twitter was on fire, mm-hmm. like everything was fine and, and dandy, and it was the greatest thing since sliced bread and yada, yada, yada. But if you show the effort and you're out there trying, win, lose, or draw, this Spurs fandom will support you and get behind you. The reason they don't is when you're not showing that effort and not being out there and not not when it looks like you're just kind of going through the motions. Last night is the type of game that Spurs fans can wrap their heads around and, and really get behind this team. The only thing I didn't like about last night's game, pop post-game. Great game. I couldn't be more proud of the group. They did a lot of great things, and uh, a lot of people played well. Uh, unless you got the question that makes sense, I'm, I'm out of here. What else can you say there? Oh, come on, Mikey. <laughs>
What? What did you want on that on that last play down? Front? What I wanted was a a different call on the last play where Giannis got a three point play. But sometimes the calls go for you. Sometimes they go against you, and you got to live with it. But that was a tough one to get that call at the very end of the game when our guys were right there. So, uh, you know, you, you live with it and you move on. That's the way it is. Did you like how Victor? At oh, I just loved it. Nineteen. I loved it. It was. I loved everything about all of them. There's nothing I didn't love about any of them. That answers all the questions, right? Have a good night. See you at the bar. <laughs> Are we invited? Uh, the, the best part was at the end. See you at the bar. Are we invited? <laughs> <laughs> and what bar is it, by the way? Uh, you know, that's typical. I mean, Pop's been doing that for years. Same, he, same thing. He has, but I mean, so many... So much good in last night's game that he could have talked about. So much good press for a team that didn't have a shoot around or practice today. Uh-huh. And and with the game coming up on, on Sunday, um, he didn't even sit down. I, I mean, it, it's an obligation to talk to the media after the game. And that was a game where I would have loved to hear thoughtful responses from Greg Popovich after a Trey Jones start. Uh, what you saw from Wemby, more about the minutes restriction that Pop blew past because he thought he had a chance to win that game. Uh-huh. So minutes restrictions be damned, even though he only went over about a couple. But he left Wemby in that game because they had a chance to win. Uh, there was so much good in that game. I wish we would have gotten more from Greg Popovich after. It would have been nice to get more from him. I But, look, we've been looking for more from Pop for 30 years. I know. And so you, you just don't get it. Uh, and you just kind of wait for the players to get what you want, and that's just poppy and pop. But I, I, I really, what's frustrating to me is a couple of things. Spurs took forty three pointers last night. Now I know that's the NBA game. Now I get it. They only made fourteen. Uh, Wimby took eight of those threes, by the way, and only made two of them. Th- that's something I'd like to see a little bit less of. Now, the last play to Trey Jones was the right call, the right play. Wimby made the pass. Trey just missed the shot. That I'll, I can live with that. But, I mean, so many, especially down the stretch, when they're taking these three-point shots and not making them, uh, it was a killer. I think if one or two of those go down, we're talking about a Spurs win today. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the that's the issue. So if those aren't falling, you got a seven-foot-four guy that you can rely on. You know, it, what's interesting, I mean, last night's game was so exciting. Yeah, did you see, was it the beginning of first take this morning, Windhorst was on? Windhorst wouldn't stop talking to the point where Stephen A. was like, dude, what do I got? I mean, I think he went for like five straight minutes gushing over what we saw last night from Wemby and Giannis. And, and, and it was, it was fantastic. It was great basketball. And Kevin Harlan on the call with TNT, I mean, it, 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 it was majestic. All, all of it last night. Last night, was the first time all Spurs season that you're excited all the way to the end, even though they didn't win. Yeah, you're mad that they lost, but my goodness, for the first time, I I, I see the future. I thought we saw it in Phoenix that one time, <laughs> but that was a mirage. That uh, was. Last night gives us hope of what we expect to see from the learning, apparently, that they've been doing through uh, the, the – uh, the 2023 part of the season. Now that we're in 2024, I like what I'm seeing. Well, hopefully it's not a mirage again. We'll see what happens Sunday in Cleveland.
And then the good news is they've got Detroit after that, which is a scary proposition because you don't want to lose to Detroit. Yeah, but they're not on the losing streak anymore. I don't care. I do. Still don't want to lose to Detroit. I mean, you can't can't be the streak breaker, and they're not going to be. I still don't want to lose to Detroit. I mean, if the Spurs don't win another game all season, I want them to beat Detroit. Don't say that out loud. I'm just saying. Don't say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. Spurs will win 15 games this year. So I'm, I'm giving them 10 more for the remainder of the season. I think that they win 10 more. 15 games should do it. Would that be a success, Minix? Why do you want to ruin my good mood by thinking 15 games? 15? Well, how many do you think they're going to win? I mean, how many games? What? What's the? Uh, how many games have they played? I don't know. We'll do math during the break. Come back. Okay. We'll add some things up and way. talk some uh, Cowboys. They, they're 34 games in? 34 how, games How many in. games do they have left, 80, Einstein? Let's see, 82, 34. We got 48. Eight games. 48 right. games. They'll win 10 more of those. Ten, so 10 and 38 down the stretch? 10 and 38 down the stretch, which is better than what they've done so far. Man. See, that's improvement. I'm, I'm thinking positive. God, that's disgusting. I'm being positive on this Friday afternoon. That doesn't sound very positive to me. Well, I mean, I mean they've they, won they, five games since October. The so. way they played last <laughs> – if they play last night, the, way, the rest of the games, the way they played last night uh-huh. – they could be 500 over the next 48. That's great. You know, if I have the winning lottery numbers tonight, I could win a bazillion dollars. That is a great point. Isn't that nice? That is a great uh-huh. point. Stock Cowboys Washington. Next. Talk about a team that can't lose to a team. Cowboys can't lose this weekend, can they? Oh. We'll dive into that next here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 as San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. You heard big voice guy. SASportsStar.com because the Pro Football Pick'em Challenge last week. So uh, last regular season week, we'll do our prime picks coming up. But while you're at SASportsStar.com, make sure you sign up for the uh, New Year New Cash 2024 deal yeah. we've got going on. Easy. Just sign up. You could win $2,024. It's that easy. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah, that is a, a hell of a deal. Um, and if you've done any grilling, upload photos of what that great meat on your grill to the Grilling with the Blitz page, because every Thursday we judge meat and give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. What we have yesterday, a spatchcock chicken? Yes. It was a turkey. <laughs> oh, a turkey. You don't know what that means, but do you? But you could probably do that. Well, it means you cut it in half and lay it flat, right? Sort of. Yeah, you cut it in half. Well, yeah, you, you, you cut part of the spine out and, uh-huh. and you make it bendable so it will lay flat. Sure. Yeah. You know, break its back. Yeah. Spread it out. Now, luckily for Put him, that thing spread eagle so it gets a nice even tan in the. In it the was that turkey was like, "Woo, come on, fellas!" <laughs> Joe got a little too excited looking at the meat this week. It's like, Woo-hoo-hoo. you got to go try that. I mean, I know you, yeah. you You like doing the beer can chicken because you get to shove a beer can up the chicken's ass. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, spatchcock that thing, and you never know what's going to happen. And I'll tell you, the beer can chicken was fantastic, and uh, I would like to try that. Now, do you turn the turkey because it was brown on the no. – so you just leave it there? Yeah. Okay. But how long does that cook? 
approximately. Well, it depends on how big your turkey is and yeah. what you're cooking that, but probably three and a half hours or so. Have you ever done one? And if you, uh, uh, chicken, but if you, uh, not a turkey, but if you brine it, it's going to add a lot of time to, uh, uh-huh. to your cook. Okay. I got that noted. <laughs> I don't know what you just said, but, uh, my guy, uh, Carl over at Bjorns just texted me and said, Joe's on crack. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if it was over your excitement over a spatchcock turkey or your Spurs prediction, uh, but both would apply. I guess so. You know, let's just start over because we all had our over and under picks. Yeah. I think we all agree that I'm going to win that p- portion of the under 29 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. So we've got 48 games left. Give me a total then if I'm if I'm silly. Or on crack. Um, I mean, if they went, in, in all honesty, you look at that 29.5 number, I think still could be in play. Uh, it'd be close. If they go 20 and 28 over their final 48 games, they're mm-hmm. still not going to hit it, but they're coming close. And then you got rest games down the stretch for other teams that could end up being some wins. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, 20 and 28, as awful as that sounds, uh-huh. I think Spurs fans would take that right now. Well, that's 25 wins, which is still under the, the total. It, it would be, but it's 10 more wins than what you think they're going to get. Okay. I, th- I think the idea of winning, of going 10 and 38, after what we saw last night, if if we see that team again, sure, and we've seen that they can do it, if that team is showing up, then to see them go, you know, 20 and 28, uh, 25, well, they're not going to go over 500. I, I mean, you know, but to see them tickle that number of 29 and a half, which tickle that number. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're not going to blow it away. I mean, I, I thought they'd, they'd win 35, 38 games this year, and they're not going to come close to that. No, they're not. And they still, I don't think, will go over the number. If they do, it will be an incredible second half of the season, obviously. Um, well, that's that, that great coaching they're getting. It must be. <laughs> it must be. Look, I, I I have a hard time getting overly excited. Last night was fantastic. Great win. Or almost win. Great effort by the San Antonio Spurs. But we thought the same thing when they were down in Phoenix, when they beat the Suns twice. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought, well, here we go. Here we go. And then it was like, here we go. Here we go. The fact that you just said almost win. Um, it was that, an almost that, win. That's where we are. The other day in your sports center, they stayed within shouting yes. distance. How we describe this Spurs team, because it's been an utter disappointment. This year has been a failure. Yes. Uh, 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 when, when you think about expectations. And those expectations were set by Greg Popovich during training camp at Media Day when he said this year was about winning. And then he quickly changed it and said, well, this year is still about learning. they got to learn how to be pros. We're a young team, which I'm so sick and tired of hearing because outside of Wemby, you know, Jeremy's a second-year guy. Everybody else is a veteran. If they don't know how to be pros at this point, what the hell has Pop been doing with them the last couple of years? That's a that's a great question and a good observation, and 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 all of those things you said are true. That's why it's disappointing because when you saw this team last year, even though we knew that they were tanking, uh, they they the effort seemed to be there each and every game. I mean, they they were there, and it just it was it was up to Greg Popovich to put the reins on them at the end so they would lose. So 
the tank was in. This year, you add a seven foot four, um, you know, superstar to be, um, and they're worse. Now, I get you got to get used to everything, but we're thirty games in. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 they don't need to get used to them. They're they're, they're used to them. I, it, it's they're frustrating. They've been frustrating. Uh-huh. Last night was so encouraging, and. If you're not frustrated, and, and you know, and I know Spurs Twitter is a cesspool at times. <laughs> Every team's Twitter it can be a cesspool at times. Yes. Twitter is a cesspool, right? But you you say something that somebody disagrees with, and that's the nature of Twitter, right? Uh, oh, but the future is so bright. You're just hating. No, I, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm as passionate about my Spurs as you are. Um, but I can look at things honestly and I can be frustrated because I am. Yes. And, and do I think the future is bright because of Wemby? I do. Uh-huh. But was I expecting more this year? Yes, I was. Why? Well, one pop said it was about Wemby and last year they were pretty good and tried to lose games. And I knew they were trying to lose games by lineups in the final five minutes. This year, this group, it's the same group with a superstar and they're worse. Why? That's the the million-dollar question, and that's why I think people are as frustrated as they are because of that, because you saw what the team was doing last year. You saw what they win, 22 games? They won 22 games last year, and I don't think they're going to win 22 games this year. Which is crazy because they won 22 games last year, and, and I said when I made my prediction of, what, 35, 38, I forget what I said. I know I've got it written down somewhere. Although I'll probably never open that file because I'm going to be wrong. And I know I'm going to be wrong on that. But part of that idea of being wrong with a, a, a mid 30s, the upper 30s win total, 35, 38, whatever I said, is if they won 22 last year, I thought there were another 10 games that they could have won sure. had they been allowed to win them. Uh-huh. And so what was their real win total had they tried? If they won 22, I, I was going, I right, probably 32. Or in and improving, you know, five, six, seven games over that wasn't really, in my mind, asking too much. No, but they're worse this year. But last night gives us hope. Um, and last night, all the different things we've been wanting to see that we've talked about wanting to see was on full display last night. And Greg Popovich, for the first time this season, looked like a coach trying to coach to win a game at the end. The hell with the minutes restriction for Wemby. He he blew by that by a whole two minutes. <laughs> but honestly, if Pop would have set him down at the 24-minute mark for Wemby with, what, four minutes to go in the game, people would have lost their mind. They would have. And, 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 and they would have lost the game by double digits. And they, they would have had every right to lose their mind. I don't understand, again, that why they've got this kid in uh, with a leash on him. I, I don't understand it, and I, I, it makes me wonder. And this is a little legit question, at least in my mind. What are they afraid of? What are they afraid of with this guy? He looked fantastic last night. Yep. Made every move, every jump, everything. I, I don't know what they're afraid of with this kid. And, and it just seems to me that they are afraid of something. Well, and, and again, there is a Wemby plan. That's probably orchestrated by the organization and by Wemby's personal team. But that kid wants to go play basketball. But 
I don't know what they're afraid of. Although, I mean, tall people and bad feet, you know, <laughs> they, they go hand in hand. And so if putting him on a minutes restriction because he's so tall and they want to make sure that he doesn't end up with a lot of the uh, foot issues that so many tall people have, you look at a guy like a Yao Ming. I mean, I get some of the cautionary, especially in a year like this when you only have five wins. I mean, if it were playoff time, he'd play 40 minutes a game. If it were, if, if they were competing for a championship, I, I do think the treatment of Wemby would be different. But right now, uh, having him half in bubble wrap, I, I could see the long-term plan because why risk an injury this year since they're not going anywhere this year except maybe back to the lottery? It makes about as much sense as anything. But I just, I, I you know, people want to see this kid play. Yep. And that's what he's here for. And I, I would imagine the NBA would appreciate that too. Well, TNT it is. I, I mean, and, and let's face it, you know, uh, day after ABC said, you know what? Well, well I mean, we're going to take you off ABC uh-huh. against Chet Holmgren in Oklahoma City. By the way, the second youngest team that's right now second in the West. But, you know, young team is our excuse, so we don't want to pay attention to what they're doing in, in OKC. Uh, I bet you now ABC's maybe thinking, well, uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, we saw the matchup with Giannis. Pump the brakes. I I mean, Giannis was tired. Okay, Shaq. Milwaukee was tired. And what's up with Shaq forgetting (laughs) that Cole High School retired his jersey in 2014? How do you I, forget? I don't know, but how I, do you I remember that. We were all there. How, Shaq was, had a hell of a time. How with his do teammates. you forget? And I remember uh, when Shaq goes into the San Antonio Sports Hall of Fame, he went in with his teammates from Cole. That, you know, yeah. and, and that was, you know, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Oh, Shaq, hey, Orlando, we're going to retire your jersey. And my thought was, it's not already. Um, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, Jimmy Johnson goes into the ring of honor, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, who have we missed? Shaq, come on. Um, and then you go on national TV and say, boy, my high school doesn't even retire my jersey. Uh, that guy, I don't know what he's thinking about. I remember that day Can you imagine being so great and in so many Hall of Fames and ring of honors and retirement jersey ceremonies that you forgot? Your Cole High School has done that for you? He's busy. He's making commercials. That dude is in every commercial on TV these days. I mean, him or Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Or Jason Kelsey. You know, or a little green lizard. They got them all. Jeez. That's a mistake. Only mistake that uh, that, that you said. Mike, 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 Mike. It wasn't a mistake. Mike? It wasn't a mistake. It was a mistake. Well, it's all true, though. It's not a mistake. You're making it sound like I said something incorrect. Not you making a mistake. Geico made a huge mistake. That's by, who made the mistake. By moving on from the camel? Yes. Obviously. That green lizard's held the job for a long time. He's Guess not, what day it is. He's it's not, Friday. He's not memorable. I can't think of anything that dude has ever said. But when you think of a green lizard, do you think of Geico? Not really. Yes, you do. Well, maybe. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's doing its job. He's doing its job. It's going to be an interesting week in the NFL. Yes. Prime picks. Woo! On the Blitz. Coming up next, then we'll talk Cowboys Washington with John Mashota from The Athletic. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA 
champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnick on this football Friday. You got an hour left, and then the weekend begins. For yes, us. sir. Well, Looking I, forward to that. Well, I get to just go home and start studying even more <laughs> at two games tomorrow. Uh, got the uh, flip chart for the uh, All American Bowl. Well, got, I got it on the email. For the life of me, I don't understand why they do alphabetical rosters. I don't know. I mean, it, it's uh, I've got numerical and then an alphabetical. That you know, that's that's your problem, Minix. Oh, but but you ever <laughs> you ever wonder like like let's put together a roster and make it alphabetical <laughs> when it's all about the jersey number. Sure. I don't know. Maybe you should have like a you have a meeting after it's all over and say for next year. Yeah, we I do suggest. that every year. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they forget. We, huh? we we do that every year. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, honestly, this right here uh-huh. is for the most part my creation. Oh well. Um. Except for the alphabetical part. You got a lot of studying to do. Are you going to have a cold beer while you study that? Is there any other way? I'm just asking. I, I don't believe in dry January. I mean, you've got uh, you got a lot of work to do tomorrow. I, I will say this, and I, I did not, I, I knew there were going to be, one of, the, one of the cool things about the All-American Bowl, every year the number of players that make their declarations during the game. Uh-huh. And with all the early commitments and and with NIL, that has been something that is uh, concerning because that's a big part of the game. We will have eight players tomorrow that will make their declarations. All right. One of those players is a guy named Devin Sanchez out of the Houston area who will decide his hats on the table are going to be Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas A&M. Wow, that dude... uh... Must be a hell of a oh, player. He's a hell of, they're all a hell of a player. <laughs> well, sure, but in, in I'm this saying, game. my goodness. Well, I mean. It's pretty you, good options. You, you know, the first uh, guy that's going to commit is uh, a guy out of Tennessee who's choosing between Georgia, Ole Miss, and Syracuse. Syracuse, that's like one well, of Marcellus these things. Barnes was not well, like the other. Well, Marcellus Barnes was high on the Yankees early on, but uh-huh. now that uh, Syracuse has a new guy up there that has ties to College Station, Syracuse is on that list. Um, Chris Burgess is going to decide between Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then I see something like uh, uh, Trajan Greco is going to choose between USC, Missouri, and Georgia Tech. <laughs> now, other than him being from Georgia, why is Georgia Tech on that list, right? I have no idea why that's on there. And, let, you know, his family, maybe he's close. He wants to see it. His well, that's family it. wants to see him play. That's it. So, uh, but uh, A&M? Aggie fans, if you're watching, probably uh, mid-third quarter, Devin will make his announcement. Just saying. Why, if you are if if you have an option to go to California, between USC and UCLA, why would you choose USC? Have you been to their campus? I have. Uh, we stayed there. Um, I mean, they're both great campuses. No, UCLA is a phenomenal campus. UCLA is. I said they're both great. Um, USC but, is, uh, but, but getting to the campus at USC is somewhat scary. Yes, it is. You have UCLA is maybe the one, one of the most beautiful campuses I have ever seen. What is that? 
um, rich, rich, rich kid, private school in Malibu. Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Yeah. Pepperdine mm-hmm. might have that, the best that, campus. That would be nice. Be, because out the back door, you got the ocean. Out the front door, you got the mountains. Sure. Yeah. Well, UCLA's right on the ocean, too. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, but they don't have the mountains. Well. And they, if you can get they, into Pepperdine, you go, you go Pepperdine. They have mountains. Yeah, well, they, I mean, a lot of great plastic surgeons have they come have, out of they UCLA. Have mount, they have mountains. USC does get to play its home games in the Rose Bowl. Well, there's that. UCLA is just between UCLA and Arizona State. If I'm a kid, I'm choosing between those two. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I'm good now. I will say this with a daughter at Arizona State. Uh huh. The thing that I will never do again is be. In Scottsdale, or around the Arizona State campus, for Halloween. Let's do prime picks. Uh huh. <laughs> prime picks on the Blitz. Monday, the Blitz is going to be live out at the Roo Pub, two eighty one and Redland Road, as we get you ready for the national championship game, Michigan against Washington. Man, I want to take Washington so bad here. I really do. I, my my gut tells me Michigan's going to win this game, but I'm going Washington. You even typed out Michigan, and now you're going Washington. I did. I just I am going to be a Washington Husky fan Monday night. My wife hates you. Um, <laughs> I, I like the way Washington played for the majority of their game against Texas, and I don't like the way they closed that game. Michigan, I hope, has spent a week working on special teams. Michigan, remember, only one of us picked them to beat Alabama. That was me, and I'm staying with them. Jim Harbaugh wins a national championship on Monday night, and Tuesday he's introduced as the new head coach at either Las Vegas, uh, the Chargers, wherever Bill Belichick doesn't end up getting traded to. I'm, <laughs> Belichick's I'm taking, going to Washington. I'm taking Michigan. It feels scripted for Harbaugh to win this thing. Just everything they've gone through this year and him to walk out the door with a natty, but... I love what I see from Michael Penix Jr. I'm taking Washington. In the NFL on Saturday afternoon in the Texans time slot, we get the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's not playing anybody, so I'm taking the Steelers. Well, and Pittsburgh has to win to have any shot at the postseason, right? Well, so, that, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. Exactly. Buffalo against Miami. This could be a very interesting game. By all accounts, everybody's playing in this one, right? Yes, yeah. it's a big game for both teams. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah, I find that fascinating. Everybody was so high on Miami, especially at home. And Buffalo's favorite in this game. Buffalo, one, they need the win, right? And and I still think, and I've been saying it for weeks, if Buffalo manages to get into the playoffs, them and Baltimore are the two teams that scare you in the AFC. I guarantee you. It, it, it's not... Kansas City this year. If Buffalo gets in, they could be dangerous. I think they get in by beating Miami on Sunday. That and the fact that they housed them earlier this year up in Buffalo, I I think they put it on them again. Miami's at least got the option that, that they've already clinched the playoffs. Yep. 
Yeah, Miami's in no matter what. Yeah, Buffalo's not. They could lose and miss. Yes, they could. So I'm going with Buffalo as well. New England against the New York Jets in what could be Bill Belichick's final game as the Patriots head coach. Which is why I'm taking New England. I think they'll play well for him uh, in this game, not to mention the fact that the Jets are a clown show. They are. It might be 12-6 to all field goals, but I'm taking the Patriots. Patriots. Bill screws him on the way out the door. <laughs> you can't fire a coach that won his last game, and I don't think he'll get fired. No, it won't it, be it, a firing. It'll be a me- or he could get traded. Well, um, yeah, there's uh, that. Uh, or bring in a general manager. You know, listening to Greeny today, Mike Tannenbaum, who's doing that game on ESPN Radio, might just stay. <laughs> uh, Green Bay against Chicago. I'm taking the Packers. I'm going with the Pack as well. I think they're playing well, although Chicago is as well. But Green Bay. Is getting tuned up for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm taking Chicago. I think that they feel this rivalry. They're tired of it. They see a chance to capitalize with no Aaron Rodgers. And Justin Fields and that and that offense is playing extremely well right now. Jacksonville and Tennessee. All three of us are taking Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Atlanta, and New Orleans. All three of us are taking the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Denver and Las <laughs> Vegas. I yeah. can't believe what I'm seeing on my screen, what? so I had to pause. <laughs> I still have a I despise Sean Payton. I can't believe what they did to Russell Wilson. <laughs> I hope the players' union comes down on them extremely hard. But I just think Denver will win this football game. So it's not about personalities here. It's about business. For I the think, first time all year, it's about business. I, I, yes. I, 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 you know... The reason he's in third place, because he always takes whoever's playing Denver, right? Uh, I I think Las Vegas is going to come out fired up, play well. They want to get their interim coach to lose that interim tag, and they do that with a great showing in their final game. Yeah, they're right. playing the hard for Pierce. Yeah. Uh, Houston against Indianapolis on the road. Hey, I, I love Houston, love what they've done. I just, uh, I think Indianapolis... Uh, We'll take care of business at home. If that game was in Houston, I'd feel the exact opposite. You know, but they, I, I just am not sure about it being in Indianapolis. So I'm I, taking Indy. C.J. Stroud is playing at another level, mm-hmm. and he's not worried about next year. He wants it now. Um, I've seen Garner Minshew in a big game before. I'm taking C.J. Stroud in the Texans. I'm yeah. taking C.J. Stroud in the oh, Texans. Shocker. Oh, shocker. wow. All right. And all of us are taking Dallas. Yes. Yes. Yeah, last week I went eight and Holy two. Cow. Pledge went seven and three. Ryan Ego went five and five. How did that happen? Well, <laughs> you didn't pick Denver last week. I did. <laughs> they lost last week, didn't they? Did they lose last week? Uh, year total is one hundred five and sixty-five. I'm at one hundred eight and sixty-two. Pledge with a three-game lead over me, uh, one eleven and fifty-nine on the year. Well, obviously I can't catch Pledge. Can you? Did you pick enough against Pledge to catch him? Actually, I didn't even. Well, we're not done yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we have the playoffs. We, we, we'll, we'll keep this going through okay, the playoffs yeah, well, until watch. I win, whichever comes first. I got uh, I got new hope. I don't know about that. Absolutely. Yeah. John Mashota from The Athletic will join us next to talk about that Cowboys-Washington matchup. 
Monday on r in the morning. Are the Cowboys playing at home? Are they on the road? Did they win the division? We'll talk all about what we saw yesterday live right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Did the Spurs beat Cleveland? Has the momentum shifted after a nice game against Milwaukee? And oh, by the way, we got a national championship game to talk about. Michigan, can they do it? Is Harbaugh's last game in college football Monday night. We'll talk about it all. Now back to the Blitz. Jason and Joe sitting in studio on a Friday in January. That sounds about right, boys. Enjoy your weekend. Appreciate you, Rob. <laughs> I guess. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnix. The Blitz here on 94.1 as San Antonio Sports Star. We certainly won't be in the studio Monday. We'll be at the Rue Pub at 281 and Redland Road to get you ready for that national championship game and talk about what the Cowboys did in Washington. And they better be, we better be talking about a uh, blowout easy win, right? John Mashota from The Athletic joins us now in the Buyers Barricades guest line. Surely they're not going to go up to Washington and make this an interesting game or even choke, are they? No, no. They're going to blow them out. And second half, Cooper Rush is going to be in there, and it's just going to be an easy victory, of course. What could possibly go wrong? Man, I thought we were talking to John Mashota. Where's John? <laughs> I, I certainly think it's going to be closer than people think. I, I really do. I, my projection is something around 31-20. I mean, I, I do think the Cowboys will take care of business, but there's just something about the way that they've played in Washington the last four or five years. I mean, I think they're two and three there, their last five, and they've just been way closer than you would expect them to be. And then obviously last year's debacle, uh, that uh, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. If you, and that could be a good thing for this team because that, they certainly won't go in there overlooking them. And this Washington team isn't as good as that one was last year. So I do believe the Cowboys will win and then win the division and get the two seed. I just I don't know that it'll be the blowouts that we've seen in the Commanders Cowboys games at AT and T Stadium. Yeah, that John, and not to mention the fact that everybody seems to think that this is Ron Rivera's last game with Washington. I mean, I don't think it would surprise anybody if come Monday uh, the announcement is that he's fired. So it just seems to me like he's got nothing to lose and he could throw the kitchen sink at, at Dallas in every way that he wants to. There's no question about that. The one thing, I agree with everything you said about Ryan Rivera, and because of that, I think that there's also the chance where if they go down, let's say a couple scores early, I, I think you could see that, that team pack it in as well, knowing, hey, you know what, it's probably isn't, we're not going to be coming back and winning this game and we know what's going on here. Uh, there's going to be a new coaching staff. Heck, there could be a new franchise quarterback if they get the number two overall pick. Uh, and there just could be a lot of changes this offseason. They certainly, with all the draft capital they have, are, are positioned to go pretty young. And so that's the key for the Cowboys. I, I think that they have to come out swinging big early and try and, and put Washington out of it. The longer you let them hang around, the more, like you said, that they could be, you know, maybe trying to play for Ron Rivera and, and, and have him go out on a high note. But I, I just think this Cowboys offense, uh, and, and what the, really that the commanders have on defense. I just don't think that's a great matchup right there. So I do think the Cowboys could get, get out to a, a decent early lead. John Mashota from The Athletic joining us here on the Blitz. If I, I said earlier in the show, if Jason Garrett were still the coach, they would all come in Tuesday with T-shirts that say focus in their locker room. Listening to Mike McCarthy this morning on our morning show, Stephen Jones with us yesterday, Jerry on the radio earlier. You know, focus is the key word because it, it really is about Dallas on the road, on grass, going out and playing well. And offensively, you know, uh, 10 points against Buffalo, 20 against Miami, 20 in the win over Detroit. Offensively, I'd like to see 
them get back to the focus playing at the level they were uh, before those uh, final three games where they've scored 20 or fewer in three straight? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they would like to see that as well, especially especially if they get anything going in the run game to kind of complement the pass game. Because that's the thing. It, it, everything C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott have done has been incredible, especially because every week you go into those games knowing, hey, this is the guy that everybody wants to stop, and he still keeps putting up huge numbers. But I feel like if the run game gets some traction, maybe that's what breaks some things open, and, and it leads to uh, maybe a little bit more lopsided type game. But, you know, they have been playing playoff caliber teams on the road, and let's just be honest, this team has not been the same team on the road they've been at home. And so uh, I think it'd be big for them to be able to close out the regular season with a, uh, a convincing win on the road where the offense is clicking, and then just knowing, hey, now you got at least two games uh, back in your building uh, with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game. And I would say a little less than a week ago, I'm pretty sure everybody was signed up for that uh, on the roster. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And the Cowboys have gotten a gift with the way the Philadelphia Eagles have been playing down the stretch. So that's uh, that's fortunate for them. I've got to ask you, John, about Dalvin Cook. And, and, and I know he's with uh, Baltimore now. And we talked to Stephen Jones yesterday and obviously gave us the, the standard answer. You know, we always look to improve the ball club. But how close were you hearing, if at all, were the Cowboys to trying to make a deal with this guy? Not really all that close, and, and I think part of that is that it's, just, it's not the Dalvin Cook that was in Minnesota, and so I think that's that's probably uh, what factored in. Of course, you know, he goes to the Ravens, and, and that's probably the best team in the NFL right now, so if you're a Cowboys fan, you're looking at that, and you're going, well, we need help at, at running back. Why don't, why don't we go get him? Uh, I think there was some interest, but I don't think it was anything of significance, and so uh, we'll see. Um, it's kind of interesting, because when you, you mentioned Dalvin Cook, I just think of some of these other moves that happen, like, you know, this time of the year. And, and I just wonder how many of them really do put the teams over the top. And obviously with the Cowboys adding Lyle Collins, that's, a, you know, one around here that people talk about. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, yeah, those make for great stories. And, and, and I love writing those type of stories. But in reality, how many times does it really, this late in the season, does a team add a guy? And then that ends up being the player that puts you up over the top. And that, especially a guy that hasn't really been playing well this season. And so, they could, I would have been intrigued if they added him, but I don't know that they were all that interested. Although, I, I mean, Leo Collins is a great insurance policy if somebody gets hurt on the offensive line. Dalvin Cook, um, I, I, I mean, you know, Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn, or Dalvin Cook, uh, five carries a game, something near the goal line. I could see where, you know, he might have made a difference. I mean, and, you know, even if it's one play and he might get one good play for Baltimore. And also, he signed with an AFC team, so, um, you know, I, I'm good with that. But I am still concerned about the, the run game. Mike McCarthy did mention this morning uh, on R&R in the morning, our morning show, that he is aware of certain player incentives, uh, not all of them, but when, when, it, when he is made aware, he's certainly aware. But, you know, Tony Pollard, 65 yards away from 1,000 is what Mike McCarthy said this morning, which kind of surprises me because I don't look at Tony Pollard and think he's having a 1,000-yard type of season. But I guess he might have a little incentive if he goes over a 1,000. Is that what they need to get that run game going? And do you think that might be a focus just to shorten the game in Washington, get out of there with a win, and go home? Yeah, no question. I'm right there with you. It just kind of makes you think maybe maybe just that 1,000 yards isn't what it used to be, you know, when you – you know, you think of, you know, Emmett and Barry going for, you know, how many thousand yard seasons. And then you just see some of these rushing attacks that really aren't all that 
daunting and you're like, man, that guy's a thousand yard rusher this year. Okay, I guess. Say so. I got the Lions got two guys that might go over a thousand yards. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, whether he was over a thousand, under a thousand, whatever, I think Mike McCarthy wants them to build some type of confidence in that running game going into the playoffs because. Like, you look at his run game in 2010 when he was with the Packers, and it wasn't like it was some daunting, great run game. Obviously, he had Aaron Rodgers, and, and, and that was a huge part of it. But they have to be better running the football than they ha- have been if you think that they can go several rounds deep into the playoffs. Like, I, I do think they can get by with CD and Dak and, 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 and with the offense doing what they're doing, defense putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I do think that they can they can win those two games at home, uh, let's say maybe beating the Rams or the Packers and then going and beat Detroit. Um, but then what's next? The a- NFC Championship game? Most likely you're going to go to San Francisco for that. I don't think anybody sees them beating the Niners without having some type of a run game. And so uh, now would be as good a time any for that to try and maybe start finding a little bit of traction. Yeah, obviously, right? I mean, that's something that they need to do. I, you know, I feel bad for Tony Pollard in in a lot of ways because, I mean, he was ex- he made the number one guy. Uh, Emmett Smith told us back at the Super Bowl that you know there's a difference in being number one and number two, and it's proven his words have been true. But I, I feel bad for the guy. Does he seem down to you at all, John, when you visit with him or or, or hear him talk or frustrated at all? I don't think he's frustrated, but he definitely, I mean, heck, he said it uh, two days ago that he just, he feels like he was going to have a better year than he's had. And the way the season started, I thought that maybe you could have pointed a little bit to, you know, that leg injury that he suffered in San Francisco and in that playoff loss. But, you know, he keeps saying that he's 100%. And he said again the other day that that, that, that's not hindering him at all. And and he feels like his old self. And so because of that, you're kind of like, well, where are those big explosive runs? That's the thing. Like, if he's not getting, you know, a ton of first down, you know, runs on, uh, you know, three, four-yard carries, things like that, that's one thing. But the the thing you expect with Tony Pollard is every once in a while he's going to break a big one, and those can be the ones that are game-changing type runs. And we just haven't seen very many of those. And I always thought that that's why they like splitting carries with him and, and, and Zeke is because that would limit him and that when he would get in there, Tony was as fresh as possible and, and he could hit some of those home runs. And they just haven't been there. And so – the problem is that, and this always seems to be the case with the running game, is that especially when you follow the Cowboys, you've seen it as, as good as it's been. I mean, heck, you just follow Zach Martin's career. I mean, since he's been with the Cowboys in 2014 till now, you've seen some of the best run games, and then you see ones like they have this year where it just leaves you scratching your head. And the biggest thing I will say is that I never think it's just the runner, and I never think it's just the offensive line. It's, it's a little bit to go around uh, to everyone. And so that's the part, too, that I factor in with the Delvin Cook thing. Like, this isn't the 2014 offensive line that he'd be running behind. So – just because his name says Delvin Cook, does that mean that he's going to be any more productive in this run game than Tony Pollard or Rico Dowdle? And frankly, I bet you the Cowboys asked themselves that and probably said, we don't think so. No, and, and, and it's crazy. I mean, his longest run this year, looking at the stats, is 31 yards. Uh, he did have a 60-yard catch, but running-wise, only only 31 and five touchdowns to go with his 935 yards on a year that he bet on himself. I remember Baller yeah. told us in, in training camp, I mean, he was offered a three-year deal and turned it down to take the tag. And, you know, uh, kind of like old Dalton Schultz, man, you bet on yourself, and it, it doesn't <laughs> always seem to work out. Not saying that he won't end up with a long-term contract, but as being the bell cow guy, uh, I, I don't know if that's worked out the way Dallas thought, thought it would. Health-wise, going into this final game, um, and, and looking at the, the injury report today, 
Uh, now, there's a sickness that, that kind of jumped on there, but, you know, you look at a Hankins and you look at a Tyler Smith. Do you think they will play on a Sunday? Smith, I, I have my doubts about. Hankins, I think, has got a decent shot um, just because of what he'd been doing in practice this week. He had kind of had Detroit marked on, on his calendar as a game he wanted to return for, so I could see how maybe they give him an extra week. Tyler Smith, I, I'm not so sure about. We saw him working on the resistance cords the last couple of days. It seems like that he'll be ready for the playoffs, but I, I could see them wanting to give him another week. But it was interesting to see that Tyler Biotis was on there questionable with an illness because then you're just sitting there and go, man, they were to not have Tyler Smith and Tyler Biotis in the middle there. That, that's not great against a team that really on the defense, the only thing that scares you are their defensive tackles and, and, and Allen and Payne. And so I think I think that Biotis will end up playing, but I, I'm, not, I'm not certain about Tyler Smith and that probably won't be something that they determine until tomorrow when they have their final uh, practice of the week. But that, everybody else, though, I think that they're in pretty good shape. And across the ball, I think they're in pretty good shape. Again, if you look at that 2010 Packers team that won the Super Bowl with McCarthy, he always talks about how deep they had to go because they they weren't that healthy. They went through a lot of guys. And relatively speaking, this is a pretty healthy Cowboys team. When you look at all the key positions, and you know, the Dak and, and, and CDs and Micahs and that, I mean, that they're in pretty good shape heading into the playoffs. So, um you know, if, if they're to be without Tyler Smith for this game, I don't think that that's an excuse for them to not be able to win in Washington. No, no, all right, because it's all about health in the postseason, right? And I know the number two seed in the NFC East championship is on the line. If you don't have a Tyler Smith and Tyler Biotish, uh, your center, has got an illness, but if he can't go on Sunday, do you even put Dak Prescott out there behind a makeshift offensive line and risk an injury to him knowing that you're in the playoffs regardless. I know the two-seed is important, but is it worth putting your quarterback at risk? Absolutely. I think this is this this is bigger than a wild-card game. And, and, and the only reason I say it is because my time covering the team, and really, frankly, I, I, don't, I think you could go all the way back to the 90s Cowboys. We haven't seen a Cowboys team that's played that well at home. To win 16 games in a row at home, it's, just, it's night and day difference on them getting that two-seed and getting a chance to host two playoff games at home. Uh, for, and then compared to how bad they play on the road, you do whatever you have to to try and win this game just because of, in, in some years in the past, I would, I would say, yeah, maybe it doesn't mean as much, but they are just a totally different team at home. And for you to have your chance, really, to, if you just keep winning at home, you get to, you'll at least get the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1995. Uh, you got to do whatever it takes to get there. Wow. I mean, that's a great point. It really is because this team is night and day, whether they're home or on the road. So. Going to be interesting to see what happens in Washington. I don't know, man. No Tyler. No Tyler. Uh, Trey Lance, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> see what you got. <laughs> run, uh, run. I'm with you, though. I still think the Cowboys win this game, but um, it, it's Cowboys. With Trey Lance? You think uh, they win it with Trey Lance? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> no. Maybe. And maybe Cooper Rush. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, all I know is if they're down some offensive linemen and about the second big hit that Dak takes, he's coming out of that game. Uh-huh. Um, that he would be. I know I know everything is on the line, but if he gets hurt in that game, are, are you kidding? <laughs> it's like Chubb in the game at the end of a blowout for Miami. I know it. I mean, you can't play scared, but you can't play smart. Right, well. But I agree with John. He, they they got to win this game. It's everything. So it, hopefully they get a twenty-one to nothing lead in the first quarter, and Dak is resting the rest of the game. I, w- I would take that as well, John. Uh, um, I know you had all your 
your friends in town for that big Detroit game and celebrating New Year's Eve, I imagine the cuss words coming from your place after that game from your friends was off the charts. <laughs> there were several times I had to explain to these fine folks that, okay, if the, if, if the Cowboys, if the refs are rigged for the Cowboys, then just explain to me why they haven't been to one Super Bowl since 1995. Let's not act like a lot has... Uh, it, uh, it, honestly, 2014, 2016, last year, 2021, there's little calls here and there in all those games that the refs could make if they were like, let's get the Cowboys into the, into the Super Bowl. You know, I just saw what Sportico just had an, an, an hour article out. 11 of the top 40 most watched television shows in 2023 were Dallas Cowboys games. It certainly would benefit the NFL to have the Dallas Cowboys, a, a team that averages 25 million viewers per game, to be in the Super Bowl. So if they're going to be rigging things, I don't know that it's a regular season Lions game, they would be rigging. But <laughs> it is what it is. You can't make sense to those uh, and bring facts to a, a, an argument with those that just hate the Dallas Cowboys. It, it just doesn't exist. It doesn't, but I think we're going to see a rematch uh, in a couple of weeks. And so maybe, uh, maybe things will go differently then. I look forward to that. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be. It would be. John, enjoy the weekend. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Follow John Mashoda on Twitter, at John Mashoda. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. John Mashoda on the Buyers Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond. Online at buyersbarricades.com. He brings up a good point. With injuries to the offensive line, would you risk Dak Prescott? We'll talk about that next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. You know, you think about this weekend's game for for the Cowboys. And and again, I know I wanted to talk about Dak and is it worth it or not, but we just got a tweet from our conversation with with John Mashota. But Ben Brasino on Twitter tweets in at Joe Reinagle 210 at Jason Menix. That kind of created a, a little bit of a debate during the break. So let's let's yeah. bring it to the show. Uh, ben tweets in, a 1,000-yard rusher back in Jim Brown's day, 12-game season, was a big deal. In a 17-game season, if you can't get 1,000 yards, you suck. Right? <laughs> and, and I disagree with that. And again, it was a big deal back in the day. If you're a 1,000-yard rusher, you were. 12 games, 14 games, even at 16 games. Now they're at 17, and you go, you suck. But the way the NFL has changed, Mm -hmm. a 1,000-yard rusher is still pretty special. And I looked at the NFL stats. Only six guys have gone over 1,000 yards. Christian McCaffrey is the leading rusher with 1,459 yards. Then you got uh, Williams in Los Angeles with 1,144. James Cook has 1,086. DeAndre Swift, 1,049. Derrick Henry, uh, 1,014. And uh, Mostert has 1,012. And you got a whole bunch of guys with 900 yards that look to be within striking distance, depending on what they do this weekend, of, of going over 1,000 yards. So in today's NFL, with the focus on passing, not running, and with split running backs, I still think a 1,000-yard rusher is a big deal. And if it's not, what's the benchmark? Because nobody, including Christian McCaffrey, has eclipsed 1,500 yards, and he won't play this weekend, so he's not going to get there. So what would be the new benchmark in running in today's football to say 
that's a hell of a season because according to Ben, if you can't get a thousand, you suck. You suck. Which means everybody sucks except six guys. Look, I, when I first saw Ben's tweet, I was like, yeah, I agree with that. But when you look at the NFL, the way it is played now, it's all about the pass. Mm-hmm. All about the pass. And that's why we can go back. Tells you everything you need to know about why running backs are not being paid anymore. Sure. Because they're not utilized anymore. And so that's the big difference. A guy like Christian McCaffrey's almost becoming a, a a relic, right? I mean, you just don't do it. And 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 for him to carry the load for San Francisco, uh, I still think you need a running game. But I I have to agree with you, Minix, and this just because the way the game's played, I would like to see it more where there is a fifteen hundred yard benchmark or or something more like that. But in today's NFL, that just might not be possible well, anymore. And, and even teams that do run the ball a little bit more, they don't run it with two. You look at the Lions. David Montgomery is 975 yards, and Jameer Gibbs has 915 yards. Uh, depending on what they do this weekend, maybe both of them hit that 1,000-yard mark, which I think would be impressive. It's almost like having two 1,000-yard uh, receivers. I think you get a 1,000-yard receiver, and then you get somebody that's going to be in the six to eight hundred and somebody around four hundred because that's where it is. But you know, you go back to, to Ben's day, a two thousand yard <laughs> passing year was incredible. That's true. You know, now that's pedestrian. Now the benchmark is what? Four thousand, forty five hundred? Give or t- thirty five hundred, some somewhere in there. So yeah, I mean, um you know. the the game has just changed so much where it's more about the pass and the big plays and and the running game has just kind of gone to the wayside and again tells you everything you need to know about running backs not making any money yet you still better be able to run the football if you want to win isn't it crazy there you know the the idea that I have no idea what that means. Uh, what I think that? Eloy's drinking again. That's all. That's all. Anything I can think of. Again or still? Um, <laughs> something about your burner account, but yeah, I'm not I, sure if he's returned to Twitter or something somewhere else. I have no idea. Was there a comment on the YouTube that I didn't see? Maybe I don't know. Um, but but when you look at it, running backs aren't featured, you know. Uh, but it is still a major part of the game. It's not a focus. You still better be able to run the football. It opens up the passing game. If you can run the football or have a threat of running the football, it opens up that passing game because the linebackers have got to respect that. Well, that's it. And again, you know, do you run the ball to set up the pass or or or, or throw the ball to set up the run? Uh, and, and, and and again, yeah. you know, it, it kind of you know you got to be able to do it however which way your philosophy wants to go. It's almost like is it better to have a great secondary and an okay pass rush? Or a, a massive pass rush and an okay secondary, uh, you know. It, 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 either way, I, I mean, I, I want the pass rush. Quarterback can't have all day to throw because no matter how good your coverage is, you can't cover those guys forever. As long as you can get home, I mean, you yeah. better get home if your secondary is suspect, and, and that's the chance that you take with anything. Look, no team that I can see, other than maybe. San Francisco is is a complete team. Everybody's got a weakness somewhere, and the 49ers do somewhere. I don't couldn't really recall where it is at the moment, but uh, somewhere I'm sure they do. Um, but every team has got a weakness, and they do, and and it's up to the offensive or defensive coordinator to figure that out and 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 try to exploit it. I yes. mean, it, it is an interesting dynamic that you look at a guy like Tony Pollard. 
And by all accounts, the dude has had a subpar season, right? I mean, this has been a disappointing year for Tony Pollard. Last year, Tony Pollard had 193 carries and 1,007 yards. This year, Tony Pollard has 235 carries and 935 yards. Interesting. Well, the the words of the wise Emmett Smith would ring absolutely true. And he told us at the Super Bowl that there is a huge difference between being number one and number two. And I tell you what, at least in Tony Pollard's case, he was spot on. 40, absolutely correct. 42 more carries this year and 72 fewer yards going into the final game. You know, because last year he played 16 games. This year he'll get a 17th game to try to go over it. Last year, Tony Pollard also had nine rushing touchdowns. This year, he only has five. Last year, his longest run was 57 yards. This year, his longest run is 31. And quite frankly, I can't remember that 31-yard run. I think you're going to see Tony Pollard carry the football a lot on Sunday. Well, great. I, I, My fantasy season is over. I don't well, give a damn now. <laughs> you had more problems than just your running back, pal. Oh, so yeah, you, that, you had a true. lot of problems. Yeah, but I think he carries the football at least twenty times on Sunday, uh, and I think that 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 because they want to get him going. They first of all want him to get his sixty-five yards to get over a thousand, but they want to get him going. And I think the Cowboys will run the football quite a bit. I think they'll dink and dunk a little bit to Ferguson uh, and maybe even Pollard out of the backfield. C.D. Lamb's going to get his touches as well, but I, I just think it, the Cowboys are good. You mentioned it with John Mishota. They want to try and shorten this game. I think they're going to try and run the football. And, and quite honestly, I mean, Tony Pollard's overall game, you know, in the passing game. And Dak Prescott is having an incredible year uh-huh. at quarterback, right? Last year, Tony Pollard had 39 catches on 55 targets for 371 yards and three touchdowns, longest 68. This year, Tony Pollard has 53 catches, so a lot more, 65 targets, only 10 more targets, but for only 295 yards. He went from a 9.5 yard per catch average to this year he is at 5.6. Here we go. Again, you've got a different offensive coordinator. You've got a different offensive coordinator, but I, I go back to the explosiveness of Tony Pollard carrying the load and if he's going to say it's not his leg, uh, the broken leg he suffered in San Francisco, is it the workload? Can he handle the workload? Well, is it he's, the offensive line? It, well, I mean, it, it, I mean, look, if you're getting Tony Pollard the ball in the passing game, that's getting Tony Pollard the ball in space, and he's not making those guys miss. He's, I, 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 again, it was a one-year gamble. He, he had a three-year offer, and he took the franchise tag, and he has not delivered. He's still got $10 million bucks in the bank. He does. He's got a one-year $10 million deal. That's it. Well, I, don't, I, don't, like, I, I never heard what the numbers were on three years, It was, it but was, I'm guessing it was more than 10 total money. I, I'm sure it was. I bet it wasn't $30 million, though. No, it's somewhere no. in the $20 million range, $25. Um, look, Tony Pollard's going to – somebody will sign Pollard if he leaves the Cowboys. Sure. Well, and, and I don't necessarily know that he needs to leave, but the Cowboys do need to find another running back, whether it's – it's a, a bell cow type running back or I think you a, a, a one and one a don't you? I don't know that Rico Dowdle is that answer. I do know Deuce Vaughn is not. <laughs> hmm. Deuce Vaughn. He's a gadget guy though. He'll get you that trick play. 
He didn't even do that. No, he didn't. He didn't do that. Pledge, you were doing a show today? You look overly thrilled. Extra innings with James Pledger <laughs> is, is, is coming up next. Don't forget, Monday, live out at the Rue Pub from 2 to 6, getting you ready for the national championship game. Tomorrow at noon, we've got the All-American Bowl at 5 o'clock, the San Antonio Sports All-Star Game presented by Valero. So uh, Friday night, I'm going home to study. Good for you. I'll have a drink in your honor. Would you? Yes. You guys have a great weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe. Follow Jason at Jason Menix and Joe Reinagle at Joe Reinagle 210 on YouTube and always at sasportstar.com. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? We're doing we don't need roads. KTFM Floorsville. Monday night at 5.30, we'll find out who's this year's college football national champion. The number one Michigan Wolverines versus the number two Washington Huskies. Presented by Flight by Yingling. College football's national championship game. Monday night at 5.30. And only on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star and San Antonio's ESPN 1250.